0: Have I got a story for you. A picture is said to be worth a thousand words, but how much motivation can it contain? Enough to reprioritize your life habits and put what's most important to the forefront of your decision-making? One picture in particular did for today's guest. But first, a word from today's sponsor, Andre Psyche. Dear listeners, it is a sad day. AndrePsyche.com is dead, gone, vanished, in the ether. But Andre Psyche on Instagram is alive and thriving. Andre's adopted a minimalistic lifestyle as far as materialistic things go, like websites, cars, his hair. However, his creative libido, and I hear there's nothing minimalistic about that, is still fully stimulated. Andre's is a freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Check him out on Instagram, andre.psyche, and feel free to message him with any projects you'd like manifested, or just follow him for the fuck of it. We're also brought to you by the Getting to Know You pod. Please do us a favor. We need and appreciate your support. So take a moment right now and push the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever app you're listening to the Getting to Know You pod on. And while you're at it, rate and review the pod, especially on Apple. How else can you support the Getting to Know You pod? You can go to our Patreon.com, search getting, the number two, no, the letter U, pod, all one word, and become a subscriber. You can also friend and follow the pod. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Search us up, getting the number two, no, the letter U, pod, all one word. And finally, we are looking for sponsors and advertisers. If you or someone you know has a business or brand and would like to expand your market reach, consider partnering with us. We get to know people from all around the world, like the Caribbean or Caribbean. today's guest reference. The podcast is downloaded in over 45 countries and 46 of the states in America. So again, if you or someone you know are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your product, more clicks on your whatever, just message us. And now, getting to know you. Hello.
1: Getting
2: to know you. Getting to know
1: I'm going to do a terrific show today.
2: Getting to like you,
1: getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way,
0: but nicely. I'm
1: smart enough.
0: You are precisely and it. my cup of tea. On today's show, we are getting to know Duncan. Duncan coming to us from the... Cari- I want to say Caribbean, but then I feel like a tourist. Is it Caribbean
1: or Caribbean? Like yeah, Caribbean. Caribbean's the right way. Okay. I think I it's depends which side of the ocean you live. In English, it's Caribbean, and Americans call it um the Caribbean. Caribbean. Uh, and then but the, what actually me the most is when Americans say Antigua, and it's Antigua.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess it's because of the Beach Boys, right? Aruba, Jamaica. <laughs>
1: I have no idea why they used to put a W there instead of the U, but, um, <laughs> but the real name it, the uh, the Carib name is Woodadly. Um, I can't common remember. I don't remember why it's called Widadley, Um because all the Carib the Carib, the natives, um, they, all, all their meanings for their names have like um, uh, a meaning like Kubeli is Dominica, which means. Um, if I'm correct, it's. Uh, Long lady of long body or woman with long body because it was so it's a long island, but it's like a it's all mountainous. Oh, okay. So I don't remember what Dadley stands for, so I should probably know that I live here more than I do Dominica.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm and that's something I'm just thinking about now, too. Is like, were you born there? Did you move there? How do you wind up on the island?
1: I've been here, uh, actually, the 25th of this month, 25th of April makes. 16 years. I moved there 16 years ago, actually. Wow. Uh, actually, it's a strange, strange... Um, April's a strange month for me. Um, Ten years ago today, I resuscitated a four-year-old girl. Um, uh, the 25th of April, I moved to Antigua. Um, oh. And um, the 26th, my best friend committed suicide five years, four years ago. So, I mean, April, this week's a bit of an emotional week in many ways.
0: Man, what? I've I have i have 9 as probably like my most emotional day where like I get triggered and I can just in the blink of an eye, I'm back in that spot. It really is amazing how over 20 years. Yeah, just about yeah, 20 years.
1: And like I'm there. Here's something creepy. You just said that and it's 9-11 right now. 9-11 p.m. <laughs> oh man, are you?
0: <laughs> Do you get into numbers like that too? Does stuff like that mess with you? Oh, is
1: that when, you when, when you mentioned me just now that I was the 93rd um, person you've interviewed, I was actually going to look up what the angel number for 93 signifies.
0: Okay. All right. So talk to me about this number thing. Why is this number thing so important to you? Angel number? I hadn't heard of that either.
1: We just the like, certain numbers, like, like I don't know. Really, I don't know how to say it, talk about it much because, like, it's something I'm just like getting into um, spiritual wise. I don't. I mean, I'm not someone that believes in organized religion or anything like that. I do believe there's a higher purpose. I do believe there's something that connects us all together, etc. Um, but I don't know, like angel. Like when I see a repetitive number, I see well, why am I seeing that number? What does it mean? And there's obviously means behind different numbers, like um 44 is a is a very powerful number um is it uh yeah um 11 is a very powerful number um i got i, I I've got a book my sister has a book on all these different numbers for angels so i have to would have to tell you have to look it up for you to know what that means but i you don't know i like I, i'm like from what i've been going on my journey so far with that it's you know you you get these messages from your spirit guides your um or your, your guardian angels etc and it's just their way of letting you know that they're there or there's a message that you need to learn or a message that you need to do so i mean i'm sort 50 50 about it because i don't like i said i don't believe in god or anything like that but this is like you know there is something that's guiding us and there is something like the power of manifestation of big interpersonal development like tony robbins and um and people like him so, I mean, there is, I, mean, I mean, there is this thing and I'm like, I'm, I'm in this like back and forth right now. Where do I go? Do I go with it? There's nothing to do with it or do I, I've seen it, so I should start really believing in it. So it's kind of, you know, I'm in that 50-50 spot right now yeah. and I got to I gotta lean in one way or the other to really start seeing myself grow as a person.
0: What, uh, what got you intrigued into it? Your sister bought a book and was like, this is amazing?
1: Um, no, well, I mean, you know, my parents have always had me in personal development from, from a young age. I was doing personal development, I don't know, probably like eight when I went to my first personal development seminar. Oh, wow. Um, so that I've always had that like mindset about personal development and stuff, but you know, when you go into like, and I know personal development gets that hippy dippy vibe, and everyone's all like, oh, 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 but it's not, it's not that, It's <laughs> it's just bettering yourself, it's self-development in terms of I always look at it like, well, okay, if Sean, if you're really successful in the art of uh, I don't know, business, health and fitness, and you've written a book about it, why would I not want to learn the shortcuts of how you got there and take your mindset and wire myself to think like that? You know, that I success leaves clues. And then I, think, I think that's more what personal development is. But at the same time, there's also a spiritual aspect to, to personal development. Um, some people, you know, don't have that spiritual aspect and still very famous and still very um, successful. But yeah. that's my belief. And whatever helps you get there, I think, you know, you've also got very successful people that are very, very religious. Yeah. Um, so there's different ways of approaching it you just got to find what works and thinks best for you and that's what personal or self-development is, it's finding the tools that are best for you to help you to reach to way you want to go and then I read a lot of alpha male you can say alpha male books like you know, I'm, I'm drawn to people like Tony Robbins or there's a Navy SEAL called David Goggins um, Jocko Willink and stuff like that and pull towards those because they're alpha male but I also go down the path of very empowering women because I think you've got to have, you know, that balance in your life where yes, yeah, man, I want the alpha male thing, but I've got to also learn that hang on alpha male way might not always work. Essentially you've got to have that guiding hand of nurturing of a woman's yeah. intuition.
0: Yeah. No. And I, I to me, I, I wonder if I'm becoming more, you do have some sort of spirit in you because a lot of people will say, I want to better myself. I want to be successful. But what makes me feel better and what makes me feel successful might not fulfill you, might not be your definition, right? I may want to live in the desert. You may want to live in the mountains. You may want to live in the beach. You may want to live in the forest. So we can have different goals that we're going to for success. And that's why the numbers thing is curious to me because I wonder, like, is there one Rosetta Stone that translates, oh, my God, I'm seeing 23 everywhere. That means... I should play the lotto or that means I should go on this instinct of mine or that means I should approach this person or I need to stop in whatever direction I'm headed in decision-wise, go the opposite way. That's why I was kind of curious about the numbers being almost like clues and interpreting them.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is like when you go to like Google or whatever, you obviously get loads of different interpretations of what numbers mean and stuff like that. There's so many, so many out there. But you've got to find the one that sort of suits what you, your vibe. But recently, like someone said, well, so I also see a lot of, like animals when I meditate, and I always got to go and see what the meaning of those animals are and things like that. Um, animals more to me than numbers. Um, I found uh, works, um, and I do, but it's like okay, so this animal comes. To like you know, I just see like an outline of an animal. For example, it could be an. So today, when I was meditating, it was an owl. I've got to go look up the owl. But what was I thinking when the owl came to me? So the owl was the message behind that. Okay. So what did that? So it could say, for example, I'm just I'm I'm an absolutely spitboy here. I'm just, I'm gonna make this up on the spot. Good. An owl means protection. Okay, just as an example. But I was thinking about love when the owl appeared so is it protecting me that i shouldn't go and see this girl or is it or is it saying like no i'm protecting you this is the right girl to go and see so how did you how are you feeling that specific time and what are you thinking about that owl represent now i don't know if an owl represents protection like i said i just made that up so if anyone's yeah. listening to this and that's not what owl means relax that's not what i meant yeah <laughs>
0: Well, and that's funny too, because my daughter's really big into Percy Jackson series, which is a realistic fiction based on Greek myths. I guess contemporary shouldn't be realistic because there's probably aren't demigods running around, but the owl is a symbol of wisdom. And now I'm thinking in my head, like when you said, find the interpretation that suits you, I almost want to be like a standard, like, like the Christian Bible would be like a standard. You go to that and that's your... Ten Commandment rule. And I feel like if you go on Google, you could have like the the Chinese New Year's and stuff. They're very animal centric, right? The year of the donkey, the year of the and I don't know theirs. I remember from the menus (laughs) when I used to go eat the ribs. But I feel like each culture would have a different interpretation of the animals, which to me would be confusing because I'm like, well, what is the truth? But at the same time what's the difference between apollo and jesus or zeus and jesus yeah right it's yeah. a god well like just going back to like the uh you said about uh, like the
1: chinese and all being different like for example 13 in the western culture is a very unlucky number right for me 13 is my birth date. It's it's you know, I just I if anyone asks what does it mean, I'd say, uh, why did you pick 13? Or oh, you're trying to be different, it's just no, it's my birth date. I was born on the 13th. But like in China, in China, it means assured growth. 13 means assured growth. So again, it's just we've got these different ways of looking at stuff. So it's like you. Like you said, though, when it comes to like picking the Bible or do Christianity, I mean, there's so many versions of the Bible, and when you look at why the Bible came about, for like, so for example, the Church of England, Henry VIII wanted a divorce, and the Pope didn't want to give it to him, so he said, "Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on your podcast." Oh yeah, absolutely. He was just like, "Fuck you, Pope! I'm going (laughs) to go and set up the Church of England so I can get my divorce." So like, when you look of them like, but funny enough with everything that's going on with covid and all of this stuff like um i say covid but like all these things are going on i've seen a lot of things that like the, the bible isn't what it's made it's been twisted and you've got like i'm not going to go into it too much because i don't want to cost them some conspiracy nut but
3: like
1: <laughs> saying like, like you know we've been lied to about the bible and the bible isn't actually or like you know it's twisted and, you know like like I've always found the Bible a bit odd, because so I do find it very contradictory in many ways with some of the stuff that it says. But I haven't studied it fully or anything like that. You know, I did it at school and things. But like, um, just like for Jesus to be a white man in the Middle East. Like, he's portrayed as a white man in yeah, the Middle East. it's,
0: it's the European he,
1: part. He wasn't, either. he wasn't from the Middle East, and he was actually from England. Yeah. Because, I mean, you listen to the song Jerusalem, and it's all about England. <laughs> The song Jerusalem I did those feet in ancient times walk upon England's pastures green. So yeah, on, was he English then, or is he from England? And then you've got all the like the spiritual in England, which points to that he could be English. But you're saying he's in the Middle East. So how does that work? Like which one's which one's the right way? So I don't. That's why I'm one of the reasons I don't believe in um um
0: organized religion. religion
1: yeah like in that sense because it's almost as many ways as like you get upset that oh i'm upset so i'm gonna start another religion yeah like,
0: i almost so. instead of organized religion i'm just kind of against for-profit religion <laughs> like when it when those dollars get involved man it um it really corrupts people um and it it's funny we, i i you had like five topics right off the bat, and then I avoided all of them and just fixated on numbers, which I don't know what that says about me. Um, <laughs> we had originally—I was wondering—sixteen years ago, um, entering the Caribbean. How'd you get there, or Caribbean? Um. So, um, my
1: well, the original original um story was well the original. I don't know, going back, I guess, my sister, all, my older sister, she's um, four years older than me, always said from a young age she wanted to live in the Caribbean. And she didn't even know what the Caribbean What she was saying this when she was like seven, eight, nine years old. And I was just like, yeah, no, I'll come live with you. And um, my parents owned a swimming school in the UK. My mum owned a swimming school in the UK. Uh, she started it because my older brother and sister were um, four and five. This is like 30, oh, two and four, this is like 35 years ago. Um, and they were swimming 400, 200 meters, which is like unheard of for a four-year-old and a two-year-old to be doing. Okay. But at that time, you didn't take people, you didn't take kids into swimming until they're five years old. There was no parent in baby class. But there was a big write-up in the newspaper about them. And the lady said, a lady's story said, I'll take them on. And anyway, she ended up. Wanted to migrate to Australia, so she sold my mum the business, and my mum grew it huge. She had like three, four thousand kids across the south of England, pool and Bournemouth, yeah, in England. But then she started expanding, tried to always innovate. So she did a um, learn to swim abroad type thing, where you basically buy a package. She would find these really nice, exclusive resorts. And you buy a package and you learn to swim. So you spend like two or three hours in the morning learning to swim. And then you go and like chill out on the beach, do a catamaran cruise or something like that. And my mom was like, well, how often are we gonna get to go to the Caribbean? Why don't we all go? And she picked Antigua. And then um we all came out. My sister was like, Well, this is it, like I wanna move on. So this is a dream come true for her. But like so she took a gap year or a year out. Um, and she wanted to work with children because obviously growing up with my mum in, in a business with swimming, teaching swimming, teaching kids. My mum also in a child uh, minding service, like a daycare center type thing. Um, my sister like I want uh, work well, like in the Caribbean with children. buying into Google or whatever, and Antigua popped up, and it was an orphanage and a refuge for women and children. She was like, well, that's it. I'm going to come. So she spent three months here. And um, on Friday, she would take the kids to um, the beach and she realized none of them could swim. So when she came back to England, she was like, I'm going back to Antigua. I want to live there. And they're like, mum and dad were like, well, you're not going to not do nothing in Antigua. You're not going to be a beach bum. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I'll take out the swimming because, um, you know, I realized a lot of the kids couldn't swim. So she moved out, my mom came, as she moved, my mom came and she set up like, you know, located a swimming pool, because at the time it was, there was one, one swim school on the island, but they only taught at the beach, and being from England, we taught in pools and stuff, swimming pools. So uh, they found a swimming pool, uh, got my, got my found a house for my sister to rent, etc. And then she went from like one child to like 20 in the space of like two weeks. And then she went to wow. 50, and then she went to 100. So I came out. My older brother came out. I left school at sixteen. I moved out. I got my driving license at seventeen. I came out and I've been here. So, like I said, sixteen years in a couple of days. So then we expanded into soccer, well, football. Um, I started up a football academy here. No way. And we 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 teach we teach kids from. I teach kids from two years old up to eighteen years old in the football. Uh, we're swimming. We teach three months old to up to 103 years old. <laughs> <laughs> 103? Um, no, no one's too old to swim. And we have anyone 103, I just say that like <laughs> that's my. my <laughs> You're never too old to learn to swim. Uh, I think the oldest person that I know that we've taught to swim is was um, 93. Oh wow! So, a 93 year old to swim. Um, but yeah, like so, we expanded. We just expanded into more of these kids things and stuff. And you know, we 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 started a scholarship program, which was basically um, helping locals that couldn't quite necessarily afford it. We got found sponsors to sponsor 150 kids a year to learn how to swim. Uh, we we ended up sponsoring about 75 kids how to uh, to join our football school. Um, so yeah, we all we did some other other fundraising. We sent a kid, local kid, that was came through our uh, programs. Uh, we sent him to England to become a qualified swimming instructor, football coach. Um, so we did a, fun, I did a football tournament where I raised the money for him to fly to England. He became a swimming instructor, lifeguard, football coach. He came back. He started helping us for a while. Then, you know, he found a different passion. He wanted to be an airplane pilot. So he went to um he was doing like his part time job with us. So he went and got a full time job where he could obviously earn the money to save to be able to invest in the lessons and stuff. Yeah. We've had a couple of kids that, you know, um, one of the kids that was on our swimming scholarship program, we ended up taking five of them to become uh, swimming instructors for us. We all taught them to become swimming instructors and stuff. And one 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 went off to New York, and the reason he got selected, they're like, What makes you unique? Like, why should we take you? And he was like, Well, I'm a swimming instructor, uh, I'm a lifeguard. And they're like, We've never taken a swimming instructor, a lifeguard, before. Like, yeah, you're in. So he's up in America now studying. Um, we've had kids represent Antigua in, in the Olympics. In uh, which Olympics was it? Uh, Beijing Olympics was no, not the Beijing Olympics. The London, not the London Olympics. I think London. The was... Brazilian.
0: Olympics. Okay, yeah, because Beijing was 08, right? London was 12. Yeah,
1: Beijing, London, and then some. Some kids represented. Come to our swimming program. We also the summers for Antigua and Barbuda um competing in, in the brazil olympics so i mean it's been a hell of a journey over here dude that's
0: uh, it's amazing to me and again i live delaware near the beach and i'm amazed when people live near water and don't swim it's just odd to me like why is it so why was it so
1: um here um i believe it's all wise tales oh. naturally but- naturally black people um have a higher bone density they don't tend to float so much so like back in the day when they would be allowed to go to the beach and stuff they drown and they would like the old wise tales monsters are coming for them and things from the deep and and so on and so forth there's been this big fear of the water instilled um experience what i've been told from from living here and stuff and then um So yeah, but it is crazy when you think Antigua boasts like three boasts that we have three hundred sixty five beaches. So for like ninety five percent of the population, not to be able to swim. Obviously, that's lower now because we've been here for sixteen years. But it's it's a very weird thing that, and it's a huge skill that needs to be taught. Um, That's why we got involved with the scholarship program. We did a uh, we got involved with the government to do like a really discounted swimming program for the kids and stuff to learn how to swim and things
0: are you talking about it does it range like just basic doggy paddle all the way to like competitive breaststroke type stuff or is it or i guess class wise what what is it that you offer
1: so we would do parent and baby classes so from three months um and then when they get to about normally when they're about three years old we would move them into our regular learn swim program Sometimes though, when the kids have been with us for three months, and they've been with us for like a year and a half, two by two years old, they can swim like ten meters, fifteen meters by themselves. And then, so we move them up a little bit earlier. And then we go. Uh, our number one priority was always life saving. Um, for children to be safe in and around the water, that was our number one priority. For my mum, like it's great that you can swim really fast down the pool, but if you're out boating. Mm -hmm. and the boat size, which has happened. I'll get to that in a second. What are you going to do? Like, How are you going to save yourself? So we always focus heavily on life-saving classes, so learning how to be safe and around the water, how to tow someone, how to do a rope throw, how to keep yourself safe. If the boat was to capsize, what would you do? Training water, how to preserve heat and stuff. So in England, we actually had this little boy called – he's not a little boy anymore, but he was called Andrew – we all taught him to swim. He was a cheeky little fella. And um, <laughs> him and his dad were out. It, I think it was Cornwall they went to. They went for a family trip down in Cornwall. And the dad and him got, they caught a tide and were sucked out about 400 metres out to sea.
0: Holy shit.
1: And, it was, and, and what happened was, we were, we, my mum was on the poolside and the mum came up and said, your swimming saved my husband's life. And mum was like, what, what do you mean? And she was like, well, this right? and she explained the situation where Andrew, they were like sucked out. And the dad was trying to swim against the riptide. And he was like, no, 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 I'm drowning. Ah, Andrew, we're going to die. Andrew, we're going to die. And Andrew was like, dad. and think Andrew was only like 10 or 11 at the time. He's like, no, dad, listen to me. Roll onto your back, arms across your chest, and that just float out. The riptide will take us out. So everything we were teaching him, he told his dad to do. So they let the riptide take him out. They swam like a hundred meters across the shoreline, and then swam back in. So they swam like you know, by paper they swam about five hundred meters, but probably a bit more than that because of current and stuff. Like everything, we taught them. And then here in Antigua, um, this young boy he was petrified. We had we took him from when he was three years old, petrified of the water. And uh, him and his little brother, and they went out boating one day. And what happened was that it took their boat to get fixed. And it, the, the bum in the back of the boat wasn't put in properly. So when they were out boating, it took water and flicks. Oh. And actually, they were actually lost at sea for over 24 hours. Oh my God. And it was Michael, this boy that was petrified. He'd been coming with us four or five years. And we had taught him everything and taught him how to swim, how to be safe. He was telling the dad the, they, the dad was holding onto the boat with one arm with two boys here, and he's holding onto a, an adult friend with two hands. And like, he actually was stuck in hospital for, like I know I'm showing you, but obviously, like, his arms right. are bent at 90 degrees because they just froze into place, like muscle, I guess, soreness or whatever. Yeah, right. Where everyone. And then Michael, Michael, Michael was like, Dad, listen, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. We've got to stay together. We've got to sing. We've got to stay warm. We've got to stay huddled together. His brother died when they brought them back to shore, he died, but the, luckily the ambulance resuscitated him on the way to the hospital. So, but like everything
0: that we taught this this kid, these kids kept them alive that day. It's amazing how kids, like adults tend to overthink maybe about the consequences in severe moments where kids will just go with the training and they believe it as an absolute truth, right? Like 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 the severity of the cons. The severity of the situation doesn't weigh as much on a kid. They're like, wait, this is what you do. And they just problem solve right away. It's really an amazing trait in kids. I, it's, um,
1: God. Yeah. It's, it's repetition. Repetition is the mother of all skill. Right. Um, when, like when you want to grow your business, like you've got to do the things, the income producing activities that are gonna, you know, you can't just make one phone call a client a day once a week and expect your business to grow It's every single day, getting on the phone or whatever, like getting those clients in. And because we taught these kids that every single week, they, you know, through, through years and years of training with us, it just kicks yeah. in automatically. Same thing when I resuscitated that little girl, because I'd been doing first aid since I was 10, like in the parent, in the classes where I saw the kid on the pool side, like my mind just went, right, it's time to, um, resuscitate this (laughs) girl i didn't even think about anything else it's just i gotta do what i gotta do yeah that
0: i've been cpr training but i've never had to use it and i've wondered like in the training they always say the worst thing you can do is be fearful of like breaking someone's ribs like they say a lot of people will not get resuscitated because as you're um, doing the compressions people are worried about hurting the person who needs resuscitation And I'm curious what your resuscitation story is like. Was it just breaths? Was it compressions in breath? Heimlich involved at all? So we were heading to swimming.
1: It was Easter weekend in 2011. So it was Thursday. So schools were all on holiday, or a lot of the schools were on holiday. And we were doing a program with the school program um and it was we're driving we this oh this kid was nothing to do with us this kid was there with their family <laughs> i want to make that sure that's clear <laughs> so we we got there and i was like walking onto the pool side, and my sister heard the screaming i i was just like i was thinking about like the class and whatever my sister has said she said duncan something's going on and i looked up and you know heard the commotion i just thought oh you know some, a kid probably fell in the water and you know and someone plucked them out and anything so i was i my my attitude walking into it was like oh, whatever yeah, sort of thing hassle. and then and then they, they sort of parted in front of me and i saw the girl was completely blue like she had lost all all oxygen from her body she was blue
0: so that's a uh, truth i'm sorry to cut you off but like i've heard that but i've never had it verified almost like a wise tale so like like how, what's the color of blue like it's just not that noticeable,
1: where you're like, oh my god.
2: Yeah, because
1: it's it's um, I can't remember the exact word right now. It starts with a C, but like the lips were blue, her skin was blue. It, it, um, I'm trying to think of someone how to describe it. Um, you know, <laughs> that's a bit extreme, actually. Have you, have you ever watched, you know, an X Men when she like transforms? Yeah. No, when you when, then, when <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, I'm i geeky side here. In X Men, when they tried to in the original one, they tried to mutate that guy, and like you start seeing all of his like veins of blue. I don't know if you remember that yeah. scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. They put him in that ball and they spin him around, and he starts like turning like that veiny blue. Like that's what she looked like. Like all of, you could see all of her blue. So like in many ways, that's how I re- remember it. Whether okay. she looked like that or not, that's how I always remember it. Like yeah, her lips were blue. Her skin was blue. Like her fingertips were blue.
0: How long had she been <laughs> out? Do you know?
1: They say I heard. They, they said they think she was under the water for ten minutes. Oh my! Before they, God. before they took her out. Um. Anyway, so I was like, oh, and like she had all the, like the vomit or, like or like liquid on the side of her face. So I said to my sister, Zoe, get get the face mask. Like the The protective shield, so I could do the chest, uh, the things.
0: The breath. Yeah, because um, that covers the nose and the mouth, right? So they always say like that's the mask is better because you don't have to pinch the nose and worry about air. Am I thinking right about that?
1: That. And also, like, if you know, there's blood or yeah. they're gonna vomit, it's not gonna come on you or anything like that. It's just gonna hit the mask and then sleep, seat like seat down outside of it. Um. So I started doing chest compressions and stuff. Straight away, um, and the mum—I mean, I've never heard screams like it. I—I I will never forget those screams because obviously her little baby, her little daughter's yeah. there. Like, and the there, one of the receptionists—he's like this six-foot-four brick shit outhouse, right? He's <laughs> massive. I said, Janie, pick her up, please, and take her away now," because like I, she was like she was right in her daughter's face, like yeah. like ah oh, screaming. And um, he picks her up, and I've never seen adrenaline or you know super mummy strength before. She just broke free, so I was like, "I was like, oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> um, she comes straight back. And I was like, "Jamie, get away!" I'm trying to do chest compressions and mouth to mouth. Jamie, get away! Anyway, another guy comes over and he starts doing the mouth to mouth, and I'm just carrying on with the chest compressions. So we, you know, and then she just projectile vomits, oh. like three or four. I'm like two feet in the air and they also started cheering because they thought like she's back. She's back because of this, but she, she wasn't. So I kept going. I honestly felt like two minutes. My sister was like Duncan. That was like 15, 20 minutes you were doing.
0: So it, so I've, I've always heard the opposite and I haven't been in very traumatic situations, but it's like time feels forever and it's not so it was the complete opposite for you it went by quick yeah for in your your mind that's amazing
1: i honestly i honestly like in the moment i felt like i did like two rounds of chest compressions and mouth to mouth but like looking back on it i was there for a while but my adrenaline was pumped um so yeah like she eventually came back to us luckily um the the, yeah, the uh, ambulance came. Um, I taught my lesson. <laughs> I taught my next three lessons. After that? Uh, yeah, we just <laughs> got on and carried on. And then um, I went and saw... Uh, I didn't find out who she was, but I went to the hospital. Um, you know, I said as a little girl that drowned. I resuscitated. I wanted to go see her. You know, I, she couldn't speak English. She's a little Syrian or Lebanese girl. Uh, the parents couldn't speak English. Um, I just went down. I said, thank you for coming back to her. And then I went to a run party. <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
0: what? No, I'm curious. What was it like when she, when she came back? What was like, like eyes flutter? Is she just start kind of coughing? How do you know that she's back? She slaps your hand? <laughs>
1: What happened was because she vomited that first couple of times. Everyone thought, "Oh yeah, she's back, she's back." So I knew she wasn't because I was checking the breathing. Um, so I was carrying on, but like she, she, she didn't shoot up or anything. Like in the movies, you see them like, yeah, right. Like nothing. It was she was on her side and she her eyes did flutter and she started. I like I saw the inhale. Okay. Like and then she vomited again. Um but it was all water vomit like he like literally it was nothing it was nothing but water like i could not believe the girl had that much water in her um but yeah no i don't she don't remember what she did and i just sort of she was there again all of a sudden
0: that's and she was syrian so like you couldn't like really talk to her communicate with the family or anything you just walk in there and it's that awkward like Hey, I'm the guy who saved her. What did the parents do? How did they react? Uh, like,
1: so, so, the mum obviously recognized who I was, and the dad, uh, who wasn't there that day, he wasn't there that um, on the poolside or anything like that. But he, you could look in his eyes; it was just like "thank you." Like it was like that mixture of emotion of I'm so sad that it came to this, but I'm so happy. I'm so like I'm so grateful. I'm yeah, so
0: fucking relieved. Thank-
1: I was like, uh, my sister was sort of standing beside them, and I just went down to the little girl and I just said, you know, and said, thank you for coming back. And I said, go and live your best life now. <laughs> she, but I didn't understand what I, I would have said, but I just thought I had to say, like, she obviously came back for a reason.
0: You would hope, right? Like, like you, it's that's an interesting part too, not to do super spiritual again, because I, I feel like you have, talk about a brick ton or a shit ton of stories. I feel like you have a shit ton of stories, but that's interesting so it's like when you when she comes back there's this divine purpose in her life that you see her fulfilling or there's some cause there's something that's going to happen because she came back that normally wouldn't huh yeah
1: yeah i'm a hundred percent a hundred percent um so everything happens for a reason, whether you know it or not know it, it's not clear or not. I mean, it might not be necessarily that she has, like, she goes on to achieve greatness. She might give birth to someone that goes on to achieve right. greatness. You know, like, There's that old story, um, what was it, like, a guy went and rescued Hitler drowning at five years old or something. Like, that's a crazy story. Like if it, it wasn't really? Saying, yeah, have you not heard that?
0: I've not, I've never heard that.
1: You know, I don't know if it's true or not. I've never researched it, but there's a story that this guy saved Hitler, who was drowning, and he swam into the lake and saved him. And you're like, well, imagine if he wasn't there that day; like, we'd have no World War Two. Yeah. yeah like, his was a very negative.
0: Experience. No, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, but it's yeah, it, it, it's that same kind of vein, though. Um, that's funny because, like, the ultimate, the moral question when someone comes at you with like, "murder is wrong." is well would you kill hitler if you had the chance right or then if they're like i would kill hitler well could you kill baby hitler or would you like adopt him and think he would change kind of a thing i don't know but that's like one of those like weird philosophical things when it's super late and you've been drinking too much and you just want to like bullshit
1: on the flip side of that like where would we be if that if you did kill him like like you've always got to think, would there just be another person that would have come along and stuff or whatever? I mean, yeah, like you said, it's a very, very late night yeah. drunken question you can go on to for hours or Yeah take two hits and be like, dude <laughs>
0: <laughs> Exactly. Have you ever thought about and then you're like, Man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like
1: that's when that's when your friends are like, I know, dude, it's like I've seen those memes that go around and and they're uh, like Dude, <laughs> <laughs> man.
0: So I can't believe you taught classes after that. Were you just like, so? W- why are you teaching classes after that? How are you not celebrating? How are you just not emotionally exhausted?
1: Well, I was, I was uh, very much on an adrenaline pump still. Um, so my older brother was actually heading down to English Harbour with a friend who was training to become a doctor. He's, he's super, super intelligent. Like he, he, he's one of those type of people that he didn't even have to go to school to know how to be a doctor. He just would, could have yeah. opened a book and it all go in type guy.
0: Yeah. Those fuckers uh, who don't need to Google, who can just say shit without like looking it up. And yeah. Like
1: how, Yeah, how do you know that? Yeah. Uh, so he came, they, so, so my sister obviously called them, um, to come in and like to just, just be on the poolside or whatever in case they, you know, I couldn't teach or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was high. Like, I was really loud and hyperactive and stuff. It's probably the best class the kids ever had. Well He was like, he was like, he was like, uh, he was, like the uh, doctor friend was like, or trainee doctor was like, right? We're gonna buy him two cans of coke. He's gonna need sugar to calm himself down. Final, like all this like stuff into it. And yeah, like I don't know. We just, I guess it was just because he came around. It's like, yeah. What else are we gonna do? Like, yeah. yeah. We need to- I have to have a lesson
0: i mean just teach him, dude and i just realized so she was under for 10 minutes but you're at a pool how does a child remain under water for 10 full minutes at a pool
1: dude, this happens like way more than people think like you know when you see in the movies you see these people like "Ah, oh, help 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 yes. i'm drowning that's not realistic drowning silent like if you can't swim like most people drown at surface level like in terms of like they're just under they can't don't have the strength to pull their heads up they're not gonna have the strength to pull up themselves up and shout like a non-swimmer which clearly she was um like you know we weak swimmers like drowning happens like they just they can't get themselves up so she would have gone out of her she would have probably like walked slicked up like because the pool had like a slight slope right so she she would have, just slipped, her would have slipped and she would have just been out of depth but of course like you're just looking if you're not looking for someone they're just under the water uh the head's like just like floating on the like their like the top of their crown and their head's just like above it so i mean no one would have noticed that Maybe. if they're not looking God. but this is the thing it, 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 it's a second that's all it takes
0: Yeah, right. And then you're, that's such a good point because if there's no noise, what brings your attention? Because everyone's so, either you're so self-absorbed in what you and your group are doing at the pool or you're so absorbed by checking out the people who you can see who are above water, who are tanning at the pool, that you're not going to notice something like that. that. That's a great point. Man, you know what else I just thought of was like the whole myth of teach your kid to swim by just throwing them in the water. And they'll figure it out, like that it's innate within humans to swim.
1: I mean, I've never had success doing that. I mean, they, people say, <laughs> yeah, no, my parents just threw me in and, you know, I think or swim. Yeah. But sure if you're strong enough to, or like, you know, this is think or swim territory, like you would, but I mean, it's never worked for me.
0: Yeah, that's something I've never, like, people talk a big game. I just don't know if I'd have the balls to do I I didn't have the balls to do that with my kid. You know, I got her in the pool about eight eight months, you know, she's floating around with me and you're letting her kick her feet and we're trying to like blow in her face and dunk her under the water and pop her up and all that stuff. But I couldn't imagine just choop, drop them like a stone and have them figure it out on the fly. That that never seemed right
1: to me. Oh, well, <laughs> I guess maybe because I've had years of teaching that I know that's not what to do. <laughs> There's a process to what I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would definitely be true. There's a process. Um, I didn't get to write it down. I know you'd said that one of your friends had committed suicide in April, but I thought there was a third thing that was a little more positive and fun that happened to you in April. Moving. Well, I was moving to Antigua. Oh, that was right. Moving to Antigua. God. Yeah. So do you dread April? Like how do you deal with the emotions that come with April?
2: Uh,
1: I do I, I mean like obviously this like this isn't like I don't look at the girl part like the, that, this incident particularly as a um, obviously it's not a negative incident so yeah. I mean it's, it's, it's happy moments really and truly um, honestly my best friend committing suicide but he he saved my life in many ways um unfortunately I, as much as I wanted to have as much as I wanted to be with me today he saved my life because like, I was um 250 pounds gaining more weight I was binge drinking and drinking during the week, I was eating badly like, my breakfast was fried chicken and energy drinking, a can of cola um, and Two, can, can I uh, pause
0: you for a moment? Because I just I, I want a visual for the height as well. How tall are you? Two fifty, and how
1: tall? I'm six. I'm six, I'm six one. Okay, I, that's a lot of people. A lot of people say I carried it well.
0: Yeah, because is Well, yeah. The, the the thing is,
1: like, I was fat. Don't get me wrong. I was fat. I was overweight. <laughs> um, I was, like people used to just say I was skinny as a rake. Like I was one of those. Used to be one of those kids that could eat absolutely everything, and I wouldn't gain weight. But then, of course, I was very active as a child. Like I was um, football, rugby, cricket, lunchtime, dinner time, after school, before school. So of course, I could eat absolutely everything, and nothing would affect me.
0: Wait, can I ask you? And I'm sorry because I've never spoken to someone who actually played cricket. Is cricket good cardio? Like, is that a workout? It just seems so stagnant. It seems less oh, no. workout <laughs> than baseball. No,
1: it's not a good workout. But I just mean like I was just basically saying you're know, like, not active.
0: Yeah, yeah. All uh, the other sports I've like all the other sports I can kind of like connect to. I've played. I don't know if I played them well, but I've like played. But I've never actually yeah. played cricket. I know nothing about the rules. When I see some highlights or whatnot, I'm like, the game's going for like eight days, and it really just seems maybe the pitcher gets a workout the way he's hurling that ball. But like other than that, dude, there's 48 people in the field, so like the chances of getting repetitive action seems so slim. Sorry, that's yeah, all. Yeah, no, thinking.
1: it's not. It's not very active for sure. But um, yeah. So like, no, I was just always active, but like, um, obviously slowing down. I got um, so I got into some bad relationships. Um, and like my negative, I got into a really negative headspace, which then carried on out of those relationships. Um, drinking I picked up drinking heavily you know and it wasn't just like our young 20 year old type drinking you know it was it wasn't alcoholic territory for sure but it was definitely I shouldn't I was drinking to escape in many ways Um, and I I, I was my my ex-girlfriend pulled me down quite a lot Um, but like (sighs) When I went to bury him, I flew back to England to bury him. I went up to uh he was buried in the Lake District, which is a beautiful, beautiful area. Um and my mum drove me up car, I wasn't sure on a car or anything, and she I was I was gonna catch a train, which she thought maybe a bit bit too emotional or whatever. <laughs> you know, burying my best friend. Um, but like um we went out we got there early, so we went out on Lake Windermere, which is the biggest lake in the Great Lakes, and she took this picture. When we sat next to her on the boat, and she didn't send it for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, and I thought, and then she sent it to me, and it was my face just looked like this balloon. Mm. But it wasn't the face that worried me. I knew I was fat, and I was in denial about the fatness. It was my eyes that I saw, and they were just dead. There was no like spark to my life anymore. I had no direction. I had no purpose. I felt like I was lost. Um, But when I saw that. My sister said, listen, Duncan, I'm going to start this online fitness business. I want you to do it with me, become an online fitness coach, help people, but but like, he's going to hold you to a higher standard of accountability to get fit, to get healthy, because you're only posting, you're only talking about it. And so I was like, well, no one's going to believe me because I'm overweight. (laughs) be, be, Be proof that it works. Right. And I said, hey, okay, I'll do it. Um, and, you know, within a year, I lost 60 pounds. And I'm, I'm doing that now. Like, I'm helping people on their, on their health and fitness journey. I'm, you know, and I, and I love being able to help people like that, like, especially coming from a place where I was or whatever. Like, mentally, I, I think fitness is far more than just physical. I think fitness is so mental. Yeah. And it can help you overcome so much. Um, you know, there's the reason you get this high from it, like it's the name, endorphin high, and or the pre-workout high, <laughs> which, yeah. which yeah. get
0: Or even like, the post-workout um, high of rewarding yourself, like, hey, man, I've earned this, right? Like, I've earned this burger because I just ran five miles. Like, I don't have to feel bad about an eating choice because you can eat like shit if you burn the calories like you'll kind of break even maybe you won't be as cut as you want to be maybe your blood pressure won't be as optimal but you're not going to be <laughs> obese right like if you take in and you burn out you'll even out and it's yeah. that can be <laughs> like, well no it's just, just like bare minimum that can be like the reward of like fuck, man i just want to earn the fact that i can eat like shit at bare minimum <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, there's a lot of people out online now that say, you know, as long as you're eating below your calorie deficit, you're in calorie deficit, you can eat like like shit. Um, which is okay if that's the one life you want to live. Yeah. So be it. But when I was eating chicken and having a soda and energy drinks, oh, I can't describe to you how much of an arsehole I was because of my mood swings due to energy drinks and stuff. Like, oh. like I... I don't get me wrong, I love pizza. I if I can eat pizza every single day, I would. Right? If I could if I could eat a burger every single day, I would. But I know how it makes me feel on the other like not necessarily like right away, but like my mood swings, for example, like an energy drink. When I get that you get that quick buzz for like what twenty, thirty minutes, that crash. Yeah. Off oh man, it's just the worst. You just feel so drained and you feel like, uh you find yourself reaching for another one to try and pick you up. Well, me personally, this is my personal experience just to go to that down again. And like, well, don't do it. I mean, I was addicted to energy drinks for sure. Um, I was like two a day and, um, now I'm not on it. and I'm a lot happier. (laughs) My mood mood swings so much because I haven't got that up and down feeling of the buzz.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny because i think to myself often and i'm i'm fairly active individual but i probably i don't know if i'm alcoholic territory i always wonder that maybe clinically cuz i like i feel like i'm clinically obese as well like i'm one seventy. i got on a scale and they were like you're clinically o- or you're obese i was like am i obese everybody tells me i'm a skinny little fuck man like i've run all the time i don't think whatever but I, I guess I was bringing that up to be like clinical definitions don't always meet reality for something. No,
1: right, because it doesn't take into the muscle definition or muscle and stuff like that. It, yeah, exactly. it like, it's like, there's lots of different different science and things to it. But like, I think with fitness and health, one, how do you feel? Right. Like, I think that's hugely important. Well, I I'm just. I don't just mean for how, like, how do you feel with yourself? How do you feel physically? How are your energy levels and stuff like that? Like, there are, like you said, there are some people that can go and just eat burgers and it won't affect them. Like, they don't care. Like, yeah, I don't get a swing or anything like that. Like, there are people who can drink any of these drinks and don't get a swing from it. Like, I did. So, I mean, it's all about what suits best you. I don't think that, like, there's... I did actually did a post about it today, like you've just gotta be intuitive to what it is that you're eating to how it makes you feel or how it makes your yeah. body react or anything like that like it's almost we, like, like, oh, no, we've exactly. almost we got the we obviously got the basic food groups fats vegetables, proteins, carbs, and so on and so forth but I don't personally cut any of them out. However, there are certain things that I cut out from each food groups of how I feel when I eat them. Like for eggs, for example, they don't go well with me. So I don't eat eggs. Right. But for you, you, you could just eat three eggs a day and be perfectly fine. Like, how, how does it how does it feel for you? Like, I know if I um, – for me, for example, I can eat pasta nonstop. Like, I love pasta. Pasta has no effect on me. But for someone like my sister – it it had an effect on her or like she's you know i i like i love i love steak but i don't eat it too often because again i don't like it's not the best for how i feel and stuff although i would like i could if i could eat a steak every day i would but you know it's not optimum for my energy level so you've got to be i think you just got to think intuitively when it comes to how you eat what sort of exercise you do like For example, if someone loves running and it makes them feel better, I'm not going to turn around and be like, well, you should probably do more weights. Yeah, right. Unless, of course, you want to tone up. Then you're going to have to face that music and dance with weights. But if running makes you happy, I'll make sure we'll do a running workout, but let's bring in a little bit of weights two, three times a week to help you with that definition that you want.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. If you're okay okay looking skinny like a beanpole... (laughs) Fine, if you feel great about yourself and you're healthy, I'm happy yeah. for you, and that's how I'm gonna roll with it.
0: yeah, that's funny, man, cause it almost goes to the spiritual aspect of just like trusting your instincts, your consciousness, of what makes you happy. What is your success? And exercise and diet are to me, very much like that, more people I talk to, where some people are fine. they They just want to run and feel healthy, and that's great. Some people have to have like, that six pack and can't fucking deal like calorie count, like they are accountants. And uh, to me, that would drive me nuts. I'd be like, dude, so you only go 1200 calories a day and you pre-plan meals for a week in order to meet this caloric intake. Like that seems like prison to me, but it makes them feel great. And I'm like, all right, man, more power to you. Like I'm not going to hate on you and make you feel awkward about it. But it's, it's interesting. The different aspects of health and diet, that fulfill people, that make them feel happy.
1: Exactly. And, and and it's always interesting when you talk to someone, you tell them what to do. And if they and, and if they're unhappy with the results they get for not doing what you've advised, that's on them. But they obviously love to blame it on you. Well like if you eat a shit ton of cake and you feel like shit and you put on weight and I tell you not to do that but you keep on doing it. It's not me that's got the problem. We've got to sort out like what is going wrong for you. Um So yeah, but like some people are like we really like yeah, like you said, like um some people love the fact that they get to count out their calories every day, their micronutrients and stuff like that. Me personally, no. <laughs> like the so uh, like, me, granted, I don't have a six pack. I'm not ripped. I'm happy, happy where I am with my health and my fitness. I feel good. I feel healthy. My blood work shows that I'm healthy. So I mean.
0: Yeah, I I often and it's not I don't do it from like a body shaming position, but I look at people who are overweight and where they're not carrying the weight well and they just seem uncomfortable. Like they can't go for walks or getting up takes so much effort. And and I it's always been hard for me to understand cuz I almost see it as a choice for the most part. I understand there's exceptions. For the most part, I see it as a choice. Like you're almost you're choosing to have that extra weight dragging you down. And I'm curious because you seem like a super ambitious guy. like at two twenty five, two thirty, you didn't have like a talk with yourself. You just kind of woke up and the next day you were two fifty. and like, how did you get there? I know you said <laughs> drinking, but like, man, that's a, that's a lot of fucking pints.
1: 250. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't obviously, it was like, it, like 2012, I was a rake and it wasn't until 20, end of 2017 that I decided, but like, it's also what you, it, 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 for me, I chose to be in denial about it. Like I knew I was fat. And I knew I was getting fatter, but I, like, you know, I was listening to this. Oh, I thought I, you are just filling out. You know, you're becoming of age, you're becoming a man. That's what happens. You fill out. And, you know, guess who that advice was coming from? Not very healthy, fit people.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Other people who are like 265.
1: <laughs> yeah, or, or worse. And I just was like, well, yeah, yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. I've always been skinny. It. It's just the me becoming a man sort of thing. But because that's how I chose to believe and it's, it's the stories we tell ourselves and that comes true with anything. And That's a good point. You and I could see or be in a situation, see exactly the same thing, but take two very different things away from it. But that's because it's the story we choose to tell ourselves from it. I was choosing to tell myself I was filling out because I was in denial of where I was really going. And it wasn't until I decided that I was overweight, that I didn't like where I was, I didn't like who I was becoming, I didn't like where I was going, I made a change. It was that pain barrier that I hit that eventually made me snap out of it to go to where I wanted to go. And I think that's it's that's what has to happen, I think, for major change with anything. I like think this pain barrier, and I think comfort is the worst thing that can possibly happen to anyone. I know I've been comfortable in my life in many situations. I had to try and find something that's going to make me leverage pain yeah. um, to change.
0: Yeah, people, it's, are, we're so blessed in our society because we're overstimulated, we overconsume, and we're under-challenged. And yeah. we just really need to embrace difficulty and struggle cuz you just i don't know what it is about the human spirit you just feel better when you overcome shit man you really do there it's just not fulfilling to fucking eat all day and watch netflix day after day but you can piss away your whole fucking week nights you get home from work and you're like oh man you know i'm just exhausted let me watch and then like 5 hours goes by and 5 hours goes by and 5 hours goes by and that's 25 hours in a week where imagine what you could actually do in 25 hours of a week Activity wise, where you would just feel fulfilled and connected, even on a spiritual level, connected with earth <laughs> and appreciating it.
1: Yeah, it's, that's 100% true. That everyone has, like, the old cliche thing, everyone has the exact same amount of time. It's just where you decide, decide to spend your time, the way you decide to put your value to things like. Why is it that like? And I've been there. I used to come home and watch Friends reruns. I used to come home and watch Two and a Half Men reruns and stuff like that, <laughs> <laughs> like, Because I was too lazy, or I wasn't, you know, big enough, brave enough, whatever you want to say, it, manly enough, whatever. I don't know what the correct political term is now. For me, I was just bitching out and not doing the work that was needed to be done to be the best possible me. I was avoiding it at all costs and blaming on tiredness and blaming on this. And really it was just me accepting a lower standard of myself.
0: Yeah, dude. And that's weird to me. Again, knowing you for an hour, but to be maybe super judgy, you seem so ambitious and driven. It's weird for me to think of you not knowing you to be in that headspace for so long, man. Like... Was it the relationship that got you there? Like, uh, the breakup was that bad, or it wasn't
1: the breakup? The breakup wasn't bad, like, yeah, she chewed on me, oh. <laughs> but like, it was more. I and mean, then another relationship I got into was really bad. It's just a psychological digging at me, like, it was like, oh, like, I would be, ah, oh, I, I don't know how to describe it, but like. <sighs> You are in a situation where, like, it doesn't make sense to anyone else, but I, like, but, like, uh, so, like, it was, like, I she would like, layer it really, really well. That was, like, just chipping away at my, like, armour sort of thing, and, like I'm, a, like, I'm a positive outlook and stuff at life, like, oh, yeah, no, this is, and she, like, yeah, but is it going to be that good? sort of sort of thing or oh yeah but no I wouldn't do that if I were you sort of thing and like you're like then you start like doubting yourself and things and then you start like bringing it down um and lowering your standards but like now that I've been on that side and I went through that I know what I don't want to be become and like it's almost in many ways you want to i know i don't want to be there so i'm moving away from that but it's like a gradual thing isn't it it's like it's the darren hardy calls it the compound effect or um or it's called the slight edge effect um it's two millimeter changes every single day will lead you to areas that you either direction in the positive or the negative but two millimeters every single day in one direction you're going to be in a completely different space so i mean i've been there I knew I don't want to be anymore. So I'm trying to be the best person I possibly can and finding the tools that will help me get there.
0: And was it the drinking that's putting that more negative voice in your head? Or was it just like a feeling of, I don't know, failure, shame, pride being hurt? Like what brought that negativity into your mind?
1: Like with anything, I think, obviously we have our state of mind, don't we? Like, we're not meant to have alcohol in our body we we drink we smoke people smoke people like even cigarettes weed whatever it is that's altering our natural state of being so of course when you're taking information when you're not your natural state of being i believe will help with that situation of picking up things negatively and it going into your subconscious and stuff like that but like I don't know, like definitely definitely I mean even if I was to like I don't drink much now anymore like I was never like I said never an alcoholic but I know what drinking does to me how it makes me feel like I could sniff a beer and probably be hungover for three days like really? <laughs> alcohol I mean, don't go very well anymore um but like that's me like some people like I said some people can drink we'd probably find the next day good for them whatever but when you're, when you're changing your conscious, like yes, like in terms of like your natural being, I do think like, but like you can change it in a positive way or a negative way, not necessarily with just alcohol, but like if you were to sit here and you just like slouch your shoulders, look down, slow, shallow breathing, you're going to feel depressed or upset and you're going to be like, well, what caused that? Hmm. Whereas if you pull your shoulders back, you look up, you take normal deep breaths in terms of like fulfillment breaths, you're gonna be like, Phew! and you put this even if it's just a fake smile for thirty seconds, you're gonna be like, Oh shit, I feel so good right now. All you've done is you just changed your chemical balance in your body. I call it chemical balance, it's probably a proper scientific name for it. <laughs> but like you've just changed you changed your state, you changed your being, and so you're feeling better about it for no reason. So just like alcohol, I, you know why do some people feel depressed with alcohol? Why do some people feel hyper or happy with alcohol? Right. Probably the state of the being that they're in. So being in a negative relationship and taking alcohol, probably with what they were saying to me when I was drunk was seeping in. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's scientifically fact or based, but that's a, my reason for it.
0: Yeah, no, that... I hadn't thought about the subconscious aspect, but that's pretty interesting to me because you do, man. Like a lot of people, if you're sitting there, you have a drink and then you dwell, right? You think about things and you ponder and you um, even perseverate on it, but then you think it's done whenever you pass out, you go to sleep, but your mind might still be grinding on that. And then your body on some level is still reacting to that. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about the subconscious effects. Of- yeah, like,
1: of it. I mean, I try and ignore, like, the first thing I do now in the morning is, like, I don't go into social media for at least an hour and a half, I make sure I work, I make sure I get up, I work out, I do my meditations, and then I'll go on social media, because i got to know that i got to get my mind right before I deal with the shit for the rest of the day, like, shit's going to come up, I don't care what kind of happy bubble you live in, shit's going to happen. But until you get your mind right, how are you going to do that? Because if you wake up and the first thing you see is an email from a client or an email from like your boss or an email from your, I don't know, your sibling and it's negative news, you're fucked for the rest of the day. But if you've got yourself <laughs> in a state of being, you've got yourself in a better situation, you see that email like, oh, I don't want to sign up for your fitness classes. Okay, cool. But you wake up first thing in the morning and you're like, no, nah, I don't want to sign up for your fitness class. You're like, fuck. I'm a reject <laughs> like, yeah. but like, you've got yourself into a better state. And the last thing at night, like you shouldn't be watching social media. You shouldn't be watching, you know, Netflix or something where like, even if it's like it's just a, a movie or whatever, like you should be going to bed on a positive note, be it that you've done five minutes of meditation, thinking of gratitude or thinking about what went well for the day or reading a personal development book, taking in that positive Thing I was reading this thing, I was doing this, uh, I was reading about this meditation, and it was like the before you go to bed, the, you should spend at least five minutes visualizing what you want for your life because that will go then when you go to sleep, that will start seeping into your subconscious. And if you believe in the laws of manifestation or, or prayer or whatever it is that you believe in, that's entirely up to you, obviously. That's what can you, your subconscious will start working on it because your subconscious mind or your, your um, whichever one is your conscious mind can't tell the difference in reality. It's like you put it into your subconscious, it starts believing in stuff. If you go to the, like I said, I'm not the perfect person for that because no, I'm still working on it myself.
0: <laughs> and I can't add much to it because <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I don't believe in it, but I haven't gotten into it. I I do, it is weird, the coincidence thing. And I almost look at manifestation, like if you notice, and this happens in the States, I don't know if it happens on an island. It used to happen like punch buggies or Volkswagen's. Where like you would see one Volkswagen going down the highway and then all of a sudden you'd see nothing but Volkswagen's. And you're like, whoa. Or if a Cadillac cuts you off and then the rest of the week you're seeing nothing but Cadillacs. And you're like, I've never seen so many fucking Escalades in my life. What is going on? And it's weird how you feel this experience then somehow your energy seems to be pulling all these strings. And it's almost like when you get that um, Truman syndrome, that Jim Carrey movie where you feel you're in a movie and like you're the star and everything is about you. Like it makes – it trips me out when I feel that way. Not that I feel like well, i a Truman movie but it's it's like do I have some sort of manifestive power? where things are happening because I fucking thought about it or focused on it or willed on it. Like it's, it's icky to me. It's weird. It's a weird feeling to me.
1: It it is a weird feeling. And it is like, like I said, it's that hippy dippy type thing that like, do you want to believe in it? Do you not want to believe it? But you look at like,
0: but, dude, I believe in gravity, right? Like, you believe in basic gravity. Gravity is a fucking law of nature. It's a physical law, and everything has gravity. So why wouldn't your thoughts, why wouldn't your energy have gravity? And why wouldn't they be pulling yeah. things towards you? And
1: energy energy, is endless. Like, you can't get rid of energy. Once it's created, it's there. But, like, you just got to look at people like, um, for example, Conor McGregor from the UFC, like, he, he talks about the power manifestation all the time. Like, he might not say it's the power manifestation or whatever, but, like, he visualized himself becoming the king of the UFC. Right. He did it. He visualized himself winning the second belt in two divisions, being the first person to do it. He did it. He said, like, I remember watching an interview, he said, when I was having to push start my car in Ireland, I visualized that I was driving a drop-top Bentley down LA Boulevard and I've achieved that now. Like, I have a drop-top Bentley and i steam, and I'm driving down LA Boulevard, and it's so like, well, if he can visualise it, what's stopping me from visualising it? What's stopping you from visualising yeah. or one of your business from visualising it? Like, it, I think it's a matter of, and I'm, like I, said, I still want to work on it myself, it's a matter of believing it to be true, whether it's not true or not, And then getting out the way of the universe to allow the universe to work its magic, but also work towards it.
0: Yeah, it it focuses you, right? Like it gives you that goal. So if that's, if you're trying to manifest it, you're making decisions to get towards that. Like Conor, Conor McGregor is not pushing that car thinking of a Bentley and then going and having 10 pints and shooting the shit with his boys. He's like fucking hitting the gym up doing like three a day workouts.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, but it's, that's driving his decision making because he's speaking it and then you feel accountable. Almost like if you post something on social media, Hey, I'm going to do, I'm going to run this marathon. Well, then you're going to catch a bunch of shit. If you told everyone you're going to run a marathon, you don't, you don't do it. So now you got to train. Now you got to wake up early. Now you got to drink less. Now you got to stretch and it works. And you're (laughs) like, did I manifest it or did I just set a goal and achieve it? I was actually, it's just funny you said, uh, you say it on
1: social media or whatever. I actually just read in the book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. He was like, you should write a contract to yourself for yeah. something that
2: you'll
1: because then that's more likely for you to stick to it. Or it, like tell a friend, like, hey, yeah. I'm going to do this. Here's my goal. And, yeah. And if you tell them, they're like, so consciously, they you've told someone but also that person now all in many ways your accountability partner whether they choose to be or not yeah, yeah I, I want to lose 50 pounds and you may go yeah okay whatever but you've told them and then that's going to hold you accountable because you told. because when you're like in a month's time when you're like showing that donut down your face your friends gonna be like i yeah. thought you wanted to lose 50 pounds and you're like oh yeah shit i did
0: <laughs> dude no, no doubt and it's funny man it happened to me with this podcast i had the idea and i didn't really talk much about it. And I wound up, it was St. Patrick's. I remember it was St. Patrick's day and I had maybe one too many beers in me. I had run a 5k that morning. So like 930, I'm done with a 5k. I didn't hit a PR, but I ran a pretty good time. And it was just like day drinking from there. So by three o'clock, I'm just buzzed. And I talked to this dude about making a podcast, whatever. Three months later, he comes on and he was like, I can't do you. like, I'm kind of proud of you, man, because I can't tell you how many people talk about shit they want to do and then don't do it. And the point to <laughs> the story is like, even though I was buzzed, I remembered it the next day and I'm like, fuck, man, I got to start doing this. If I'm a, if I'm going to be the dude that walks around being like, Hey, this is my goal. You can't be that dude that walks around saying, this is my goal. And then doesn't do shit for it. Like you're, 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 you're hypocritical. You lose all credent like people won't believe in you and it really did make me feel accountable and that's a real small example but i think that plays out with anything when you talk to people about things regardless of your relationship with them maybe it's males but you don't want to hear shit <laughs> you don't want dudes to come back at you to be like i th- thought you were gonna start jogging bitch i don't see you running
1: <laughs> I, I like i always like i, 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 I know people that are, are like they're like um Oh, I don't want to tell anyone my ideas, and I always feel that's a bit of a cop out because it's like if I don't tell anyone, they don't know whatever I achieved or haven't achieved. And I'm not, I'm, I'm guilty that myself, like, um, but like I've noticed it more now. I've like I've always when I started my, on my fitness journey, I always wanted to be as open, open as truthful as I possibly can on my journey about everything on my Instagram or my Facebook page um, because I didn't want anyone to think there was a gimmick or it wasn't like. Like, I was living, living it. I didn't want people to be like, I don't hey guys, follow my programs and lose 50 pounds, but like, I hadn't lost any weight.
2: Yeah. So,
1: I lost any weight doing a program, I'd be like, well, listen, I didn't lose any weight because I fucking ate like shit. <laughs> I don't ate way too much or whatever. Like, so I was always wanting to be open, but like, it's that level of accountability, I think, that will hold you. That's why we have my, that's why we do the VIP groups that I offer, it's that accountability in the groups like posting every day like turning up because again if you're saying every day that you're turning up it might not be the first month you might not lose 10 pounds but it's that compound effect of turning up every day in the group saying you've done your workout if you're truly doing it in 2-3 months down the line you're going to lose that 15 pounds
0: yeah it, it really is it's amazing how easy it's to overlook. And I don't know why people get feel or get to feel so isolated, but you should be open about things because not only that, it would also help you to challenge, is this worth it? Like people's responses may have you sharpen your ideas, may help you to set better goals, may help you to adjust course based on someone's reaction. They'll be like, ah, and then you're like, Ooh, maybe that is a bad thing. I hadn't thought about that. And it's funny yeah. how more and more people are less open to that kind of interaction.
1: You know, worried about backlash on social media and stuff like that. Like, especially today, like, you can post something in, like, five years' time. It can come back and haunt you. Oh, dude, that's the like, worst, yeah. But like, but, like, people are scared now of judgment as well in terms of, oh, you're a failure. You didn't make it. Like, you said, and, like... But so people are scared. I think myself included. Like I was scared to do a lot of things in because I was afraid of what people were thinking. It's it's getting to that point where you're not paying my bills. <laughs> like you're not you're not you're not getting me to if I want to go visit Japan, worrying about what you think about me is not going to buy, earn me the money to buy my tickets to Japan, <laughs> or or whatever it is that I want to achieve in my life. So you've got to just get that attitude where. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I, positive criticism, by all means, take it in. Like you said, like, hey, man, have you ever thought about looking at it like this? But like, for example, I got into the health and fitness and will health and fitness be the thing that may, helps me reach financial freedom? Not necessarily, but will I meet someone on the way that will give me the next thing that will potentially help me I might, I might take, for example, I might take on a client that's into real estate or something, and he'd be like, "Hey, Duncan, by the way, the market's going crazy right now. You should invest in these types of properties." Blah 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 blah. I can invest in those types of
0: properties, and that's what makes me millions. But I'm still helping people get fit and healthy. Like, <laughs> so you're philanthropic at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you, I think I think you've got to be open to the idea that, like, it, like, what's your goal? Work towards it how you get there shouldn't matter as long as it's not hurting someone as long as it's ethical like as long as I think as that's that's the idea like if I want to for example I don't know say I get ten million dollars by my thirty fifth birthday if I don't buy a lottery ticket, I've got less chances of winning ten million dollars right but if I keep buying lottery tickets but someone then comes to me one day when I'm at the lottery shop and says, oh my God, you know, never guess what. I've got into Bitcoin and it's going crazy right now. I don't know how Bitcoin, so I'm just using it as an example. You yeah. should really look at investing it that might get me the $10 million. But if I wasn't in the game trying to find out how to get $10 million, I'm never going to get there.
0: <laughs> it's funny. I just like the lottery is something that fucks with me mentally. I'm like, I, I just, it's such a fucking scam to me. I feel like it just preys on poor. It keeps poor people poor. It gives false hope. It's a it, it it's a lie as far as quick prosperity. It they tax the money that's already taxed. You know, like it's just so much about the lottery that just seems to placate to give hope to the poor and impoverished that you can just whisk it away, just keep giving us a dollar a day and it's like if you just save that dollar a day in some basic stocks, man, like what's your retirement fund look like? Maybe do that instead of, yeah. like, I don't know. It's just, Yeah. but well, I, well, I get your different. gist is that you're putting yourself in an area of people with similar mindset. So you're going to come across people with similar goals. You're going to have conversations. You're going to get to them. Yeah.
1: It was just a, obviously it was just an example, but like, oh, yeah. if you, if, if if like, I mean, like, okay, maybe it wasn't the best example. No, no, no. <laughs> so, I wasn't
0: trying to shit on your example, man, at all. It was just more yeah. like I hadn't thought about the lottery in a while because I have gotten into trading, and I'm kind of maybe maybe I got put in a bad headspace because we've been talking about Bitcoin, and I was on it two years ago when it was like at a grand, and I I couldn't wrap my head around the concept, so I didn't invest in it. And now I think today it was like fifty-one thousand dollars, fifty-six thousand dollars, and you're like fuck me i'm sitting here with this penny stock hoping that it goes from one cent to like five cents to make my hundred dollars five hundred bucks um yeah, i am not, not
1: looked into bitcoin to know how it works or anything like that but like yeah i think i think like once you get the goal and the vision how you like i said you've just got to get yourself in the game yeah like don't worry about what people think because guess what the right people will come along like for example, I didn't think commenting on—I wanted to do like a podcast, right? I just wanted to be on a podcast or um, whatever. Me commenting on Jocko Willink's post, I wasn't expecting someone to randomly write to me and be like, "Hey, you come on my podcast." And you know, right. I wasn't expecting you to write to me about that. But like, here I am I'm on a podcast. But the idea was to be on a podcast. I had, to, but taking the action to get there had to take place. Like, yeah, for me, for. For me to lose 50 pounds, I had to sign up and become – grow some, a set of balls and start posting about my journey online and helping people along the way. And it's helped me lose the 50, 60 pounds that I had to lose to feel healthy and happy again.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, there's, there's a ton of truth towards the expression and putting yourself out there. And it, it is sad that social media makes people not want to put themselves out there because opportunity. Right, like, how will you get the change? How will you get your growth? It doesn't just magically happen, right? Um, I, I want to pivot a little bit because I'm super curious. I don't know why I just thought of this. I think it was when you mentioned Japan. How weird was it for you? It just hit me. Like, you go from fucking the UK to Caribbean, Caribbean. <laughs> like, yeah. like, how was that a hard transition to become? Is it racist for me to say native to live there? Like, like, I. I couldn't wrap my head around moving to a whole nother country like that.
1: Um, I guess cause I was young. I didn't really think about it. Um, you know, I was just like, yeah, cool. Um, I just go somewhere else. But the plan was never to be here by now. Like, um, I was like, yeah, two, three years. I'll go spend my life snowboarding. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I got, I'm a pissed-off snowboarder I'm a, I'm a pissed because I'm not going to do it. But, like, um, I'm a snowboard instructor, actually. I'm really putting it to good use. Are you really? <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. I, spent, I spent three months becoming a snowboard, a level two snowboard instructor. But, like, um, yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I think with everything, is culture changes. Like, there's a big culture change here um, with how life, like, Obviously, it's a smaller island, and they've got their they've got their beliefs, and they've got their systems, they've got how they do things. And
0: well, can you tell me a good. little bit about what they were and why that was appealing to you to make you stay?
1: I think it's because I grew the business here, um, and now it's sort of just like um, I'm here for now. I do plan. I do want to leave. I do want to go. Pick up and move somewhere else. I prefer to be in the mountains and the lakes and the beach. The beach is, the ocean has always been home to me. I lived on the south coast of England. I was I was never too far away from the beach, but. Um, I, don't know, I, I miss seasons. I would love to be able to have some seasons in my life again. Like, don't get me wrong. I've been back and forth between England and experience seasons and stuff like that as well. But like, I'm fed up with just being hot all year round. <laughs> like, I want to feel like you know, you put on a hoodie and you feel like, oh, it's coming into winter season, or oh, it's coming to spring season. You see all the changes of the flowers and stuff like that. Like, um, but yeah, like, I would love to move again. But I guess it's just like growing a business here. You know, now with, with everything that's happening in the world, it's not quite so easy just to pack up and leave. I've got my house here and stuff like that. I built a house here. It's just like, I can't just pick up and leave right now. So maybe in the two years, so where we are in two years' time with all this craziness, I might be able to move again. Um, so yeah. But like, I don't know, I'm still learning so much about Antigua, which is weird considering it's so small. It's like, some things just don't seem rational. <laughs> like, you're like, how have you thought that um like the fear of swimming (laughs) i also like how there's so much like um i wouldn't say political correctness but like i don't know like there's no like health and safety in many ways and stuff like you're not going to get like hey you haven't got a helmet on at the building site we're shutting you down type thing it's just like we get on with it. Like people ride in the back of pickups, like they just sit on the side of the pickup truck and drive along the road at 50 miles per hour. And they're just holding on. Like you wouldn't see that in England or anything like that, or in Canada or America. It's like that sort of like that sort of side of life where you quite like that. Like it's not
0: less regulated.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, it's that less regulation that creeps into a lot of other things. You're like, Oh my God, please. Like where are the regulations? (laughs) It's It's like, like
0: like what and uh, again i'm just curious because it's such a foreign lifestyle to me i remember i going to mexico and seeing like five kids in a car and i'm talking like ages 18 months to a newborn or whatever and like not one car seat and it was just so weird as an american you're like they're all gonna die and then you're like no dumbass (laughs) like that's just like they're they're gonna make it (laughs) so i'm curious
1: yeah, there's a lot of that, like, <laughs> you've got, like, uh, the kids and stuff. And I, I'll see these kids, and like, put your kid in the seatbelt. But at the same time, you're like, well, they're okay. <laughs> it, is, it is weird. But, um, like, just, like, the process of stuff. Like, for example, they'll change the rules on you left, right, and centre. They won't know the rules. Like, for example, when I was going to immigration and stuff, like, you'd have to go here, you'd have to go there, you'd have to go there. And then the next year, you go to the first place that you went to last. You know, like, oh, you don't need to come to me anymore. You're like, what? And then the next year, oh no, you've got to go back to that first place again. And you're like, how does this like? Where's the system in place to this? Oh, like, shit. it changes like all the time, or well, it just depends on the mood you catch the person in massively to like what the rule is that day.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. They just get to interpret. It.
1: <laughs> if, if, if they're, if they're like, in an upset mood, that, that's it. Like. I know you can in in America and England and stuff like whether in upset mood, they've still got the procedure to follow. Yeah, right. uh, upset, it's just like nah, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't like, I, say, I, don't I don't like. I don't like the way say, you're dressed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you walk into a place and like ah uh, yeah, nah, I'm not dealing with that today. But what? This is your job. <laughs> <laughs> But like oh okay i'll see you tomorrow then yeah good luck
0: with that no doubt <laughs> permit denied yeah oh what was it like i didn't know you owned a home there what was it was it difficult to buy a home as a foreigner is it an easy process
1: uh, we, we, we built a home this is uh it's a uh, it's a uh, we, b- we bought some land and then funny and <laughs> so um we were, the idea was never to actually live in this house. The idea was to build this house, sell it, build another house, sell it, because we've got quite a bit of land. we got, like, an acre of land. So it was always to build, buy, build, sell, build, sell, build, sell, and then live in the one that we wanted to live in. Um, but but um, when the, it was actually um, – there was a guy here called Alan Stanford who built a $2 billion Ponzi scheme. Not in Antigua. He was, like uh, – he was an American. He was a Texan. Let's no, $8 is worth $2 billion. It was an $8 billion Ponzi scheme. And it was just from the 2009-2008 global crash.
0: Yeah. Oh uh, You know, I thought that was just America. I didn't realize it was global, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. He, well, he, he was American, but yeah, it was huge. Like, we felt that. Uh, but like we walked in that day, and what happened was he owned a couple of banks here. Like he started banks and stuff, but so everyone was trying. Everyone was rushing the bank the day he got arrested. He rushed the bank because obviously there's was a Ponzi scheme. But the bank that we were a part of was uh, was a global bank, sort of thing. So they were protected. His other bank, which was an offshore bank, they lost all their money. People lost their livelihoods.
0: Could you fucking two two things? Could you imagine having so much money that you open your own bank, and then can you imagine the bank just fucking not having your money when you're like? That's what banks do. That that yeah. That's so scary on so many levels.
1: I'm not. I'm not 100 sure how Ponzi schemes work, but they were like not just in Antigua, but like in America and stuff. They just like were like, yeah, no, there's there's no money. Yeah. Because obviously he was just he, to live his lifestyle. Um, no, yeah. That, yeah that's we were, basically
0: how Ponzi schemes work. It's ama- <laughs> they're amazingly simple, <laughs> and they just they fucking ruin people. It's it's yeah. amazing how basic it is. But yeah. The
1: crazy thing was like. The weird thing was his Ponzi scheme, like, like from my understanding, his Ponzi scheme wasn't a Ponzi scheme in many ways because people still had the money. It wasn't until he was arrested. That's the thing. Like, it wasn't until he was arrested that the money disappeared. Like, people would still be able to go withdraw their money. It wasn't like, you know how most Ponzi schemes work where people are like, oh, no, we can't give you your money because it's tied up, blah, 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 blah. People could still go get their money at any time. Okay. You so- see... I'm not but super everybody, familiar. Every bank,
2: yeah.
1: every a Ponzi scheme. There's no way, like, if, 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 for example, Bill Gates goes to his local bank and, like, by the way, I want 79 billion in cash, I can mean, to lie on it. They're going to be like, uh, we don't have that. can like, is... you... <laughs> the best we can do.
0: <laughs> Very true. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but, yeah, it's just funny, like, These billionaires come up with this simple scheme of like, hey man, you're going to give me a shitload of money. I'm just going to give you quarterly papers saying you're making more money and you're going to keep believing me and really there's nothing there. It's such a simple basic premise that it's like how can you have the fucking balls and the deception to do that? But anyway, so yeah. it, you guys yeah, we were walked, somewhat sick. T-
1: we, we literally walked in the day that everyone ran to the everyone was like ran to the bank to try and withdraw all their money, worried like at the thing. And then we went in there, like, oh yeah, sure, come in. And we just got they went in, they signed the papers for our mortgage, and then we walked out there and started building our house the next day. So I mean, <laughs> everyone was like, ah, like the line for the bank was up and around the, down the road, right? right. Like hundreds of people were trying to get their money out, but of course they couldn't. There was no much. There wasn't that much money on the island or in the bank. But like they were like, yeah, no. Here's the mortgage. We went out that day, had the mortgage, and started building the very next day, or like in a week's time, or whatever it was.
0: Was it how weird is it to build over there?
1: This is a prefab hurricane-proof house, so they say. So I mean, it wasn't hard. We had a bit of problem. There was a, like a, the, the the like the um the person in charge of the project was like we ended up we ended up getting fired because they weren't doing their job because it was like meant to, this house is meant to go up in like six weeks six months because it's a prefab house and it was like six months and it still hadn't even started. Oh. So it was a bit of a problem and he- headache there, which is like which made it harder for us to sell it, which is why we ended up moving into it. But um because obviously it was six months, we were meant to have sold it and stuff whilst it was being built, but we couldn't sell it because there was nothing there. Um, But yeah, like, it wasn't hard at all. We just had to pay our, because at the time, we weren't weren't considered, we hadn't got a passport or anything, so we had to pay a local, like a foreigner's fee. But yeah, otherwise, it was just...
0: Okay, because that's what I was wondering. I've heard (laughs) in some countries, if you're not like a citizen, you're unable to buy land or actually own. And I wasn't sure how that was working down
1: there. No, here it's just you pay pay like an extra 5% foreigners tax basically.
0: Okay. Like a one-time tax or is that like an annual property tax? No, one time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And how do you feel about living in there? Do you look at it and you're looking around being like, I fucking should have made 30% off of you? (laughs) Or is it like a real chill place for you to live? Yeah, no, I mean, it does, I do get claustrophobic in
1: the sense that, like, you can drive an hour and you're back to where you started. <laughs> like, oh, <man. laughs> like, it's not a very big island. It's only 104 square miles. So, um, in that sense, I mean, when you want to start, like, it's, you know, you might want to see a really tall building. Like, in, in America, you could, like, drive, or in England, you could drive an hour that direction. You could be in a completely different space. You could be in the countryside. Right. You could drive an hour that way and you're in the city, Whereas here, it's not like that. So you do get that claustrophobic feeling. Uh, But otherwise, like, I I, I can just go about living my life. And it's normal. I'm not bothered by... People don't harass me. People don't bother me. Uh, Honestly, if I see the kids that I teach and stuff like that, that's like, you know, when I'm out on the beach or whatever, and I'm trying to have a chill drinking day at the beach, and the kids are like, hey,
0: no, I'm good.
1: I'm like, no, I don't want to play football with you right now. I want to to chill out. Otherwise, I mean, it's like it's a very tight-knit community. Everyone sort of knows what you're doing and stuff. I guess like in a small outtown in America, I guess where everyone knows everyone.
0: Yeah, right? That's kind of what I was picturing as well. Were there any, and I don't know if this is a stupid question, but were there any like racial issues going down there that you experienced or nah?
2: Yeah. There is racial issues.
1: Um There is um i mean it's it off my it's water off my back like it's, it doesn't mean much to me i mean i've been called white man, this white trader trash um i can't say some of the other stuff on this podcast well i mean
0: you can i don't i don't actually i don't know if you can't to be honest with you um i
1: can't, say the I, can't I, I as a white man i can't say the words gotcha 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 um so, yeah, like, um, I've been caught all sorts of stuff. I've had my life threatened. Um, because I mean, of like,
0: race or because a kid couldn't swim a certain distance? Or you cut a kid?
1: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, to me, so, so, I've i been having a gunpoint. Um, I've had a machete pulled on me.
0: Wait, stop. Um, like, two separate incidents? Yeah. Oh, Dude,
1: you gotta so, take me there. Please, the bichetti wasn't, wasn't, wasn't pulled on me per se, I had to stop the other guy, but anyway. Um, so one of the instances, is like, I so I took this, I took like a, I teach children, but someone, one of, one of our coaches, he was part of an adult team. And he was like, Duncan, come and coach the adult team. And I was like, sure, no problem, like it wouldn't be an experience, or whatever. But like, so they were in what we would call the premiership, which would be, I don't know. You guys don't have what like you guys don't have premierships and stuff, do you? Like so they're like the top league, and then you have a league below them and a league below them, so you can get relegated and promoted. Okay,
0: yeah, I'm with you.
1: So they've just been promoted into the premiership, which is the top league. And I was like, Yeah, sure, no problem. So I walked into this we only have like one main stadium where everyone goes and watches the premiership games on Sunday and Sunday. So I was like, Yeah, white man, ah, i we gonna murder your family. And I was like, cheers for that. These um, <laughs> like, people just shouting at me because I was a white man. Like They, didn't, they were never going to come murder my family or anything like that. But, like, the um, so one guy, he didn't. So, you have to put in, like, the team that's going to play half an hour before the game starts. He was late to the game uh, to that. So, I didn't know if he was coming or not. Because it's not, it's not paid sport, it's not a professional sport in this country like it's still amateur like if you, you play it for the love of it
2: gotcha.
1: so he obviously had a he was late leaving his job or whatever anyways i couldn't pick him he was going nuts in the changing room oh i'm missing out on so many stories right now for you i'm gonna have to rewind in a couple of those minutes okay. um anyways he, okay. was like, uh, he was like he uh, was like going nuts and i was like listen you weren't here i couldn't pick you we went one meal down, and he was like, oh, yeah, now. Like, why is this guy shouting his name? Why was he not playing? He was, like, taunting them on. Like, oh, apparently I'm not good enough, or apparently I'm not needed. Knew full well that he was late for the selection part, right?
3: <laughs>
1: Anyways, so I said, my pre- the president of the club was sat right beside me, and I said, listen, tell that man not to come to training on Monday. And the guy comes up and goes, oh, "I'll come to training. Run a machete I'm mean, gonna cut you up." Um, so anyway, I didn't go to training Monday. <laughs> to the very least. Um, anyway, the next day I went to train. The next day I went. He wasn't there, so I and then I went after the game. I said to the president, I mean, "We need to talk about what happened. My life was just threatened." And the guy was like, "He was a chicken shit." He was like, um, "Oh." i don't want to talk about it right now but and he ran away he literally ran right he lived because to the training field and anyway so i went to see him in his house with my assistant coach who happened to be another white man elderly he was older than me um he was someone that i'd met here and he was a football coach and he was like oh you know i spoke into the disciplinary board of this thing i was like we have a disciplinary board he's like yeah yeah so so why weren't they involved in this other incident and he was like, oh, I didn't feel they need oh, to right. anyway. So he made a bunch of excuses. Um anyway, nothing came with that. But the very next week, uh, two players got into a fight on the football field teammates. And I look up, I just see this it was, we split the two we split the team into like two smaller sides. I just see this guy clamp, clamps this guy. I knew both of them before going to the football field. One of them I would never mess with in my life. I know who he is. I know what he does. I'm not getting... I'm glad I'm his friend. Let's put it that way. Um, what does he do? I, I, I,
0: Wait, what, when, uh, he's, when you say you know what he does, like, do you mean like in his spare time or do you mean like for a living? What do you mean? Both. Um <laughs>
1: so the other, anyway so this guy like walked away like, i'm gonna get my knife he literally pulled out a knife this long like, you can't see it. i know i shouldn't say like you can see it. it's like a 12 inch yeah it's from your shoulder
0: it's shoulder blade to shoulder blade that's how long the blade was
1: <laughs> yeah 12 inches and the other guy that i knew if i knew that he had seen this guy pull a knife this there was there was going to be death on that football field so i went and said you so the other guy said, you leave now, don't like walk away. I'm gonna talk to you in a second. And the other guy's like, Duncan, you don't know what it's like here. I have to protect myself at all the times, blah, 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 I said, Oh man, listen, just leave it, cool down, walk away. And the other guy gone and found like uh, you know, you know, you get those thin card like iron pipes they so are like, like an inch thick, but they're really long and got a massive chunk of concrete on the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> this week after my life being threatened, right? I managed to calm him down. I said, "Listen, get in the car. We're leaving." And anyway, then I just like he got in the car and he was like, "Listen, Duncan, I respect you. I can't promise nothing, it's not going to happen tonight." I said, "Listen, I don't need to know what's going to happen tonight. I just need to, you need to get in the fucking car." <laughs> <laughs> and then, and anyway, the rest of the team were and I just like, "You're all fucking animals. How do you act like this? You know, this is meant to be football. It's meant to be coming together. You talk about peace and unity all the time, fucking." Oh. The president comes up to me and sees this. She's seen everything. He goes, um, "So another team on a friendly tomorrow night? Do you think you can organise that?" I <laughs> said, "Fuck you," and I, and I left and I never went back. Anyway, I don't know why. Then nothing happens. most to still alive today. Um,
0: Wait. So <laughs> how how big is this stadium? Give me an give, give me some understanding of how. Important. This premier. I'm saying, league
1: I'm saying, you know, full right? like full capacity. It's probably like ten, fifteen thousand people.
0: Holy shit, dude! So this is a big deal. Like the league like. Yeah, the
1: league this like, this, yeah, the league's like it's the Premier League. So like football's the number one sport in the country after cricket. But like um, so I mean, yeah, this is obviously all this incident. The, the knife incident stuff happened obviously in the training ground the week later. Like yeah. this wasn't near the major stadium or anything like that. Oh no, yeah.
0: <laughs> but I guess I'm just trying to get an understanding of like if you're at that level, even if you're an amateur, you have to be serious and you have to be talented to make it that high no. if you got that many people coming. No. No?
1: No. No. It's not that good. Like <laughs> 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 average like like an American, like a like a Sunday league type team, would is the standard
0: of the football. And fifteen thousand, ten to fifteen thousand yeah. people well, like, you can know, go no, and see I'm that? saying that's
1: like how big the stadium is. You're going to only get like a thousand people. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Depending yeah. on what teams are playing, you might get two, three thousand people. Like gotcha. if it's like a local rivalry type thing. But yeah so. My first ever game, like, so I had some friendly games and stuff beforehand, but my first game at the stadium, the opening game of the the Premier League season, and um, (laughs) five minutes before we walk out onto the field, knock, 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 and I'm like, who the fuck is knocking on the door when we're about to walk out? I'm like, I'm just thinking it's like the timekeeper. So I open the door, it's two armed police officers. (laughs) go, hi. And he's like, yeah, we've come to arrest Karen. I'm like, what? Yeah, we're well, arresting him with suspicion of murder. And I'm like, for real? And they're like, yeah. So he's about to start. <laughs> he's, like, he's like my main and <laughs> He's about to go out on football field and arrest him. So anyway, that comes to nothing. But here's a funny story. Three degrees of separation. A, week, uh, a couple of days later, the police officer who's dealing with it comes and I'm like, oh, I just saw him and I was like, oh Constable Titus. And he goes, that's corporal Titus now. Oh. So sorry, Corporal Titus, how's everything? I'm here to deal with the murder situation. And they wanted to know whether he was with me that night at like the training or whatever. And I was like, I didn't know at that time like them very well. So I was like, can I help you anyway? This corporal or constable corporal uh, constable was the one who dealt with me being held at gunpoint. Arrested, he was the one that took my state when I'm sorry, when I went to do my statement, he was the one who was like dealing with the situation here. And anyway, they found the two guys, those guys went to jail. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but like so the guy comes up into me, the corporal goes, Oh, did you see that clown scar across his face here? Like so it goes from his like uh mouth almost to his ear. I said, Yeah, I see it. He said, So you remember the guy that held you at gunpoint? I said, Yeah. He said he gave him that. He shot him and that's a bullet scar. Okay. <laughs> the point in view, I'm painting Antigua in a very bad light right now. Trust me, it's nothing like this. This is like very isolated incidences. Yeah. Um Every- okay, that's, anyone listening to this, Antigua is a perfectly safe place to come. I was just like, you know, this and but like having said that, you know how I was talking about how all this negative mindset and all of that stuff. This is yep. after I'd come out of this relationship with this girl. Funny enough, I was held at gunpoint the night I met her. Oh, no. <laughs> because I, of her? After I after, – but after talk about how, like, meanings go on, right? After I came out of that relationship, this incident happened, like, a month after. All
0: right. we. I got to unpack a little bit of this because that was, like, four things. So my my very first question is – your best mid—I just want to go back. Your best midfielder has cops knocking on the—I'm um, just going to say—locker room door. What's his yeah. reaction to being charged and arrested, like on his way out? Is he fighting the cops? Does he say anything? Is he just no, fucking no, no. it?
1: He—he—he he, he, he was he just was right. like cuffed and they walked him out.
0: Oh, no incident at all. No, no. Oh God, that was so was, they
1: know who he is.
0: <laughs> okay um so
1: you uh, to find him
0: yeah right i guess i guess if he's the best man right like he
1: people would know him. petty robberies and stuff like that that they've they've done and things so they knew who he was but he, he was innocent he, he had nothing to do with that incident he was he was found uh innocent
0: good for him good alibi that must have been your story that helped him out then
1: no, I'm just. Kidding. Well, no, it, was, uh, it was they. They it was they ended up finding the the real killer. I don't know. I don't remember, I don't remember how, but after that incident, it didn't really bother me. God. Gotcha. Like, I was like, this. I'm out of this. <laughs> like, fine. Do with it deal with it another time. Like, I'm not dealing with this anymore. I gave my speech. Said I don't know if he was there or not. it wasn't keeping a register or anything like that. Like it didn't cross my mind to keep a register for grown adults. I wasn't expected to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to know that i back of murder. But, um yeah, no, yeah it.
0: Well, so. How many players are on that kind of team for that league? What's the roster like?
1: Well,
2: because... Yeah, well, I, I could only register 20, 22 players, but obviously this is pre-season, so I had about 40 people trialing
1: out to be in the team and stuff. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. So that's why it was a bit like I didn't know who was there or not kind yeah, of thing. Because yeah, right. it's like. I've only been with the team like three
0: weeks, and I just whiffled it down to 22 players from 40. Yeah, yeah. And it, I don't know, man. Coaching so fucking overwhelming. I coach middle school basketball over here in Delaware. I don't know if I'm good enough to coach a semi-pro amateur league in Antigua. But it, you can get overwhelmed with so much stuff, man. There's so many demands on a coach, especially if it's not – from what I've seen, I've spoken and been around a couple of college coaches, and I didn't realize the lack of support I have, and like how much support professional coaches get with like getting shit done, man. If you're coaching, you're in you are, charge of like
1: everything. With the kit man, the physio, you're the kit man, the physio, the coach, and, uh, all of it. Yeah, nah, man. It-
0: People people just would turn up and be like, Oh yeah, I'm the physio. I'm like, Why? Because I got a bottle of water. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Tired. You're on. <laughs> um, okay. I thought there would be a little more when like you get hand- or you get arrested and charged um in a locker room. But I'm curious, did you get held at gunpoint because of the girlfriend? Or were those two just separate incidents? Uh, you were, we're just actually, wearing really nice clothes.
1: Actually, we were out celebrating my brother's birthday. Um and I went to the ATM machine to get some money out. And as I was coming out, they chased me down, they swung me around. Um, one held me, the other one put the gun in my waist. They took this took the money, they took my mobile phone. <laughs> is, sorry for laughing, yeah? You're probably like, what? So I this is the reason but- I laugh I run down to the to the nightclub. Which is like two hundred meters away, and I run into my brother and my sister, and like, oh my god, I've just been robbed! I've just been robbed! Someone stole my phone and my money. My brother's like, why did not you call the police? (laughs) (laughs) Just been robbed! I just said that. Anyway, so we called called the police, and um, the police caught them within like five minutes. Really? So um, they said, yeah, they, they caught them quite quickly. Because the police station's right right there. Um, (laughs) They they, they gave gave chase. They gave chase. And anyway, so we went up like 10 minutes later to give my statement. But like, you walk with the where they used to have a holding cell was right at the entrance of the police station. And my brother, and I there. One was wearing a white hoodie, and the other one was wearing a blue hoodie. And we saw the white hoodie. And. uh, I don't know how much I can tell. I don't know who's gonna hear this. Um so we saw the white hoodie and <laughs> we thought no, my mother was like, You're not walking in there. You go. we were so we went around the side and we went upstairs and we said, Oh, here's this. Here. so we anyway. So we were kept for like half an hour and we didn't know why we were kept for like an extra half an hour after we gave our statement or whatever. And they said, oh, you're gonna to have to come back the next day to um to identify them. And I said, Okay, but is there anything like there was there's no black screen? Like I would literally be face to face yeah, with them.
0: Yeah, so they them.
1: can like, see you. God. I'm the table now. There's not too many white, not at the time I had long hair, blonde hair swimming instructors on the island. If this guy gets out, he can come find me whatever he wants. Like, So I said, I'm not doing that. So they said, okay, what we'll do is we'll have you come and identify their clothes. So they had like these jeans, short pants on, and they had the blue hoodie from one of the guys. I said, what happened to the white hoodie? And um, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. nothing. And I am sure the guy in the white hoodie in the holding cell. So they're like, they're like, oh, mm, um, we don't have it. Anyway, like, nothing happened for like a year. And then uh, I had to go back into to see, uh, no, oh no, about three months, sorry. And, and I had to go and see, like, the Passover. So like, I don't know what the exact word is, but like they take it from the, the people to the next people who would then take it to court. So they said, like, oh, what happened? Like, why was there no white hoodie? And the police officers went quiet, and the guy was like, you gave them licks, didn't you? And like, you cuffed them. You, you hit them. And they're like, yeah. So basically, the, there was blood on the white hoodie, Gosh, apparently. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't know if I should say this, mate have to cut this part out. <laughs> anyway, so, so it we goes to court, right? And, um, and, uh, <laughs> the lady was like, there was all they had all the evidence against them. Like it was one the guy that was caught had had the gun and the mobile phone. he was like, I'm guilty. The other one with the white hoodie, he didn't he only had money on. He, but he made, they caught the guy with the blue hoodie had the gun and the mobile phone, but the other one managed to get home. So in the court, the police officer's like, yeah, we came to the house and the mum we opened the door and the mum was like, Oh Lord Jesus, he's done it again, he's in the back, go get him. Oh shit! And um, they went. When they went into the back. They went. They went into the back. They're like, "So why are you sweating?" And he was like, "I was doing push-ups without the fan on." <laughs> 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 so they arrested him anyway. And then I, I got to the like, um, I get to the they're the, the, the questioning me. She's like, "Well, you only identified them by their jean pants. Do you own a pair of jean pants?" And I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "Well, how do you know those jean pants aren't yours?" And I said. 'Cause mine are at home in my in my in my wardrobe. But <laughs> the jury and the judge all just started laughing at her, I felt so bad. I wasn't trying to be or so funny in any way, shape, or form. I was just like, well, clearly they're not mine, because I know what mine look like. What kind but, yeah. of
0: fucking defense question is that though? Like is that one of the yeah. better lawyers on the island, or should I go get my degree and start getting
1: people off? He, he didn't even talk. so today that they were meant to be sentenced, so you didn't even turn up. And I, I had to be pushed back a day because she was just like, "Well, because she hadn't been paid, they, they weren't paying, her. she didn't know what to like do." or because like she was like, it was, "It was so hard to defend the guy," but like, yeah. So they went away anyway.
0: Wow! Um, how much money are we talking about?
2: Oh, like thirty US.
0: Stop. Now, can you put that into like um, a perspective for me? Thirty US. What is that? buy you what are some things you're getting for thirty dollars u.s.
1: at the time i probably would have brought uh, me and my brother you know a couple of people a good couple of rounds like three or four rounds of alcohol maybe or five rounds of alcohol
0: no way okay five rounds of alcohol are you talking like just grabbing beers or are we getting like martinis some fancy shit
1: yeah beers rum and coke and stuff like that like gotcha. you know okay
0: and I've I've got to know because you say you're an athlete and yet you were chased down. So I'm curious. During the chase,
1: oh, no, no, so so basically, what happened was I saw them walking <laughs> up the earth, and I went into the cash machine. I didn't think anything on of it. Like, could you see just people walking around like in like clothes like that all the time, any which way? You know, so you get like gotcha. like I said, it's not. Out of an island people will wear jeans or baggy shirts and you know you 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 have a stereotypical thought but it's not like that in Antigua so you just would keep walking and you wouldn't think anything of it so I went into the ATM and they just like literally so you have the ATM and like two meters is the bend around onto the next street
2: mm-hmm. so I go into the building to get the money out so as I come out they literally run they only had to chase me like
1: five meters And they they grabbed me. So like, obviously they had a full sprint start as well. But like, yeah, no, I'm not very quick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you, did you have time to process it? Like I've never been, I've been, I was in the military and I got into one scary situation during basic training. I was running my mouth too much and I got cornered in the laundry room by like 12 guys. And it was the most Uh fear I've experienced in my life because I didn't have a way out but at the same time, they didn't jump me. They just scared the shit out of me. So it was, like, torturous in that manner. I'm wondering, did you have time to, like, process this and try to think? Or did they just rabbit jump on you? And you're like, fuck, man. What happened?
1: The one, the, the one that shot the other guy in the face, he grabbed me and spun me around. And he, leaned, like, leant up against the, uh, a car. So, like, I was, he was, like holding me and i wouldn't i wouldn't have been able to push him back or anything because the car was supporting him
3: Gosh. and the other guy just
1: like shoved it in my waist um and i had thrown out my wallet in my hand so he just went like literally into my pocket pulled out grabbed my wallet and that was it it was done and- like, i don't think it was more than 20 seconds and i thought i'm not gonna fight over 30 bucks in a nokia 8210 like that's how long ago this is like that's how long ago it was nokia There's I'm like, Nokias, man. I mean, like, just take it but the police officer did say to me like if the other guy had the gun you probably would have been shot
0: no way really so
1: anyway it, yeah i
2: mean
0: things
1: it happen for a reason um i don't know why or what maybe they had to learn a lesson i just happened to be the one that they learned the lesson from and
0: what's your pride fucking with you at all as far as like battling back because that's where my mind goes like motherfucker you can't take this like that that ego that alpha male no or you were just like able to like process it to be like what do i care about thirty dollars in a nokia for yeah it was thirty dollars there was a gun like yeah you were able to remain that calm huh
1: i I mean if i thought about like he had my hands anyway so like i was like pinned up my hands are like pinned into my chest yeah um so like i would have done the only thing i would have been able to do is lean back sort of thing and try and flick my knees up like feet up into the other guy's face but then what's that going to achieve anyway he's probably not it probably wouldn't be much of a kick they would just stood up and then just shot me so i mean it's just 30 dollars yeah
0: no it's I, i just and the reason i'm asking i'm not trying to like um insult or question I mean, your I mean, manhood, I mean, but it I, I get interested in how people react and instincts right like do your instincts come out at that point or can you rationalize the situation like two on one with a gun like it'd be fucking stupid to fight back
1: you, yeah you just want to get like, through it most, I like i think most of the time these people that come after you they're not looking to kill someone they're looking to get the Get the 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 money, the phone, the jewelry, or whatever.
0: Get the goods uh, and be gone. Yeah, if they were smart, they would have taken my watch. It was worth a bit more.
1: Not not a hugely expensive watch, but it was worth a bit more than thirty dollars in a shitty eighty two ten Nokia. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So like, I just thought that let them have it.
0: And your experience in this little bit, um prejudice it's so odd man you may be the first white guy i've ever spoken to that's experienced racism (laughs) like it's a weird perspective to have at least in america with everything that's going on now and i'm curious despite that you wound up staying in the island which speaks to i guess the island culture and what you You were saying
1: uh, it's it's not racism racism where you feel threatened like it's just they don't know any better in many ways, and it's just their way of like getting anger off their chest and just shouting something at you. It's not like they came up to me and were like, "In my face, I'm going to murder your family, white man" type thing or anything like Gosh. that. Is it was more they're in the stand, they want to shout something. The color of my skin was the easiest thing to pick on and stuff. Um, and then I don't know, like I, I like, but it is very common like here, like white man, you're white, so I'm going to call you white man as well. Like, for example, if i met like a side of the road, like a uh, burger, like barbecue type thing, like getting a chicken burger or something, they'd just be like, who was next in line? And they'd be like, the white man's next. Like, uh, like, so
2: I mean, I don't know, like,
1: I don't know why I would have taken it like in about. like, I mean, obviously it's, I shouldn't be picked on for the color of my skin, or anyone should be picked on for the color of their skin, yeah, or anything yeah. like that. it it, it, it wasn't it wasn't threatening in a dangerous way to me Gotcha. i guess
0: yeah and well and that i guess the other aspect and i've not experienced racism but at least to my knowledge but it doesn't seem to like be impeding your capitalistic ambitions in your business right it doesn't seem to be limiting any of your freedoms you just kind of get fucked with or like you're saying it it's an easy thing i mean i I wasn't robbed
1: because i was white i was robbed because i went ATM machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fine, <yeah. laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I wanted to be there. And um, out, so they took,
0: it, they took me advantage of that. like, like Yeah, and I didn't like, need like, to join those two, but I guess what I'm thinking is like we have some – we have a kind of a negative experience with football. We have a negative experience with ATM. Why not be like, man, fuck this. I'm going back home where I know shit or I'm going back to England. But I think I think anything can happen anywhere. It's good perspective.
2: Like
1: you could be robbed if you walk down the wrong street in New York City. You could be robbed if you walk down the wrong street in London. You could be walked if you walk down the wrong street in in or you could be robbed walking down the right street. Like you could think <laughs> this is a <laughs> nothing's gonna happen here. And it could happen. Like I, like I think it was just like the energy vibration that I was on, like I, like I honestly, I'm very, I'm like, I mean, we started the show with this, like, oh, in many ways, like energy levels and stuff. Like, there's no coincidence that I then met the woman that was going to ruin my life for the next five years that same night. Like, my vibrational level was very low because I wasn't aware that these two men were probably going to do something shifty. Like, and then to go into a shitty relationship, like meet that girl. That night, three months, uh, almost a year later, actually, because she, she lived away, so I didn't start. I was only sort of speaking to her on Facebook and stuff at the time and things like that. You go into a relationship with her. I mean, there's no coincidence that my vibrational level was low. Coming out of that relationship, my vibrational level was low to so then go and meet this guy that threatened me in the football stadium. Like,
0: Yeah, that's an interesting you, coincidence. If you start mapping that out, wow
1: yeah and that's how i look back on it like my frequency level was at a low so of course these bad things were happening to me Uh, Action can happen in the positive it's going to happen in the negative
0: yeah you know that's a great point because you think about um when you feel good like they'll say look good feel good and that that in its core it would be a frequency level vibration thing like it just puts you in this aura and if you believe in the energy aspect, you would attract like energy, right? Like you would, it would find it or you would seek it or whatever that energy yes. is sending out, the positive would be brought back because it's answering to that energy.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And, and you, you're, well, yeah, you in, nailed it on the head. If it means add that. you your energy, I like, I, this is why like I said I'm still learning about it because I when you look back at your life you can always think leading up to something something has happened prior and your energy level might have been low or it might have been high like why does always why when you're in a high frequency state all the good things happen and when you start going oh my god something bad's going to happen I'm on such a high right now what happens within a couple of days or a week or a month you're done
0: and that's when you manifest
1: yeah. it. Yeah, you get worried. Because yeah, you've captured it because you're, you're, you've turned out times turn into that negative headspace. Whereas you've got people that like, why is it that like, for example, Jeff Bezos seems to just keep winning it, money, making money, because he's not thinking, I'm going to one day be broke. He's no. thinking, I'm just going to keep making this money. I'm going to keep no. making amazing because no,
0: no, you're misinformed. It's because the uh, of the Illuminati and he sold his soul. And there's some secret society now that Jeffrey Epstein is dead that he is in charge of with all these weird, terrible sex tapes that he has control of to blackmail all decision makers. No, I'm just kidding. I don't believe that. But
3: <laughs> I've been I, I, I,
1: I, down the rabbit holes. I've seen these things and these conspiracy theories. So I mean... <laughs> Man, if we're going down that chat right now. We're going
0: to be we're going to be here past midnight. I'm ready for that chat. <laughs> no man, but there. So the Epstein thing, and I, I'm not any sort of expert, and I, I don't want to get too into it. But I did. I don't know if you did. Did you watch the Epstein documentary on Netflix?
2: Jeffrey Rich.
0: Yes, about Jeffrey Epstein, with all the. I, I can't remember what it was called, but he had his place in. Florida, he's hiring all these girls yeah. to massage him. They're, They're traveling hiring. around the world. It
1: shiver that entire thing, made me shiver.
0: It, it It was what it did for me. And I don't know if you have any children. I have an 11-year-old daughter. And it mm. reaffirmed the fact that I never want her to feel the way, like have a void in her life where she needs to make 50 to hundred dollars where she feels the need to make 50 or a hundred dollars by massaging a man and going to his home. Like that. Yeah. the biggest thing I took from that was uh, aside from horrific. It was just those poor young girls getting manipulated and the voids in their life that were filled by money and opportunity. That was a fucking scheme, man. Like I, I can't, I couldn't get past it. And I, I think it's because I'm a dad. It unfortunately
1: girls, whether it's true or not, like obviously we're going on what they filmed and what they shown us. They look like those girls from broken homes and, exactly. and all sorts. It was very vulnerable young women, unfortunately that they took advantage of. Yeah. Uh, but even, well, even if the stories are true, they've got these high Hollywood elites and stuff that they've taken advantage of or have made do these things as well to be mm. part of the elite or whatever it is. Um, yeah, that. And just the other day, I saw that they've knocked that house down in Florida.
0: I, I, I saw a quick little video on Twitter about
1: it, and I was just like thinking, well, what's in there for them all of a sudden to go and knock it down? Uh so. It, <laughs> Mentally, they said they had a lot of, lot of, and look what, and with the court cases going on with Maxine, yeah, whatever her name is, his girlfriend, like they've done something, they've moved quickly on that. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, but like. Well, so I didn't take
0: it as that. I took it, and maybe it's because of our experience. So in Lewis, Delaware, I want to say it was about 20 years ago, there was a pediatric doctor that was an extreme pedophile. I believe he sexually assaulted over 100 different clients of his, like three months old to six years old. And he had a doctor's office. And Nobody knew what to do with the building down here for years. And finally it was just fucking demolished because people are like, why are we leaving this thing up? Yeah. Like who's going to remodel, who's going to move in there and remodel it and let that energy and aura stick around. So when I saw the yeah. Epstein house thing, I'm like maybe someone just wanted that land and was like good fucking riddance, man. I don't want any of this stupid ass secret massage room. Being around,
1: yeah, there is that to it as well. I, I mean, I did think about that, but it's just so.
0: It's convenient, man. The way he kills himself is convenient. The way now we're looking for evidence, it's convenient.
1: (laughs) He got a case of the strangulation. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, man. It's he was actually the first. He was actually the first man to die from COVID in America. No, no, I'm just kidding.
1: By strangulation. on man's hands but um, <laughs> yeah like, that whole thing is weird um, we Dude, can like literally it, talk about that for three hours man. I I don't
0: know if I could man I can't wrap my head around that kind of power authority opportunity and arrogance like you have your own fucking island I, I, like it It just it blows my mind but when you think of Bezos that's <laughs> that next level
1: I that many people with that sort of stuff and all of that you can see how he's gone and got it, got it. Like oh by the way I can supply you with this if you give me that and like Thanks. they're like oh yeah I would or or like you just think, like what was it episode three or four they said that in his mansion in in um um or it's a penthouse apartment or whatever it was in New York oh uh, yeah you we know, just videotape stuff filming like every room in the house yeah man like. He-
0: you're black man you people.
1: Those celebrities there doing those kind of parties like filming 24 7 there's stuff on there he's got stuff there's stuff
0: it, no, no way it's influential man for sure um that that's always been my conspiracy too like when um it, i was reading a book over quarantine about the founding fathers and i don't know i didn't i've not researched i i speak sometimes like i'm a fucking like an authoritative figure on it. But New York was one of the last states to help make America America because New York fucking had it, man. They had the port, right? Like they were the port of influence. They were like, why do we want to join with all these other states? Why do we want some common currency? This is bullshit. And do you know some of the leading senators from New York that were against the union? Do you know what their name was? What's that? Clinton, fucking 1700s, the Clintons are in power. Now, I have no idea how that gets to Bill, Hillary, any of that shit. All I'm saying, dude, I read that and I'm watching the, the Epstein documentary and you're seeing Bill Clinton on this fucking plane. And I think there were like 22 incidents of him flying on the pilot's log. So
1: how many? 27
0: is what I heard.
1: 27, okay. So, dude, like, so this is like... The thing that always makes me like, well, like, right, he didn't, you, you don't go on a plane 27 times and not know someone very, very well or, like, relatively well. Dude. But, like, the, what I found it really weird about that whole episode was, like, when they were like, oh, yeah, no, we saw Prince Andrew with this underage girl or topless girl. But when we saw Bill Clinton, he was just there chilling, so you all these other people went there but old bully boy was just chilling and with, yet
0: the, the, the picture that you walked into in his new york mansion was bill clinton in a dress or something yeah with bill clinton's history that he got caught doing
1: <laughs> yeah yeah man. With Monica, whatever it was yeah
0: dude it wasn't just her there was shit from his arkansas days that again i can't research. Yeah. The,
1: the, um, but the, at, the is obviously the one that blew up, but there was that other one. And then what's it, what's it? I mean, I don't want to get too into the politics and stuff, but was it that like Kamala Harris was trying to do, start something recently with Bill Clinton is like empowering women or something. And Bill Clinton was like the head person, like pushing it.
0: I had not, I've not seen that, but that that's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like, uh, I can't even remember what it was, or where I saw it, but like, yeah, apparently Kamala Harris is like doing this empowering women thing. And Bill Clinton's one of the lead people to help empower women and stuff. There, like, yeah, it's I was like, mm. <laughs> Dude,
0: when you get, I, I don't understand the whole absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Like I've never had that much power. And apparently I should pray that I don't. But when you think of dudes like Bezos and Epstein who just fucking have a way of influencing people, I don't understand psychologically how you're okay getting to that level. Like you just want to keep going. Like I think all people have fucked up thoughts. I think all people have some like weird, weird shit that goes through their heads that they know when they think it. No, no, no. And they like shake it off like – you just feel like a fucking creep. You think something, you're like, ah, that ain't right. But imagine if you were like, ah, eh, you know, actually, maybe that's good. And then you keep going down that thought process. Why is that okay? How do you get to a point where you want to be that fucking dark and devious in your soul, and it becomes your identity, I suppose,
1: man? I suppose when you get like, I always thought like. I don't always thought of this, but like, um, if you can do absolutely anything, if money can buy
0: you everything, what's the next thing that you can do? And I used to play God. Mm, hubris.
1: Like, I mean, when you think about it, right? Like, the richest people in the world. Uh, I saw statistics the other day in 2020. Like the gap. If you actually look at the amount of money that the richest people in the world—Bezos, Gates, Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, or whatever—made. Is the exact opposite of how the is the exact amount of the poor lost. Yeah. And, and but like you're talking like these people could end world hunger, right? In an instant. We did. We did. If you took all of Jeff Bezos' money in the world and divided by eight billion, right? We did it the other day in the car because we we're discussing it. Everyone would get seventeen point five million. If you, did eight, if you did eight billion people and you took all of Jeff Bezos's money, divided that by eight <laughs> people, you'd all get we'd all get fifteen million each. And you're saying we can't end world hunger, we can't do all of these things, it's whether they want to or not. Do they want to or I don't know, it's like I don't know. You would think that these
0: people want to end world hunger, wouldn't you? If they got that much money. I don't know, man. Like I, I don't. I don't know if you accumulate. <laughs> I don't know if you get that rich and get that much of anything by being selfless and thoughtful. I don't think you can. I think you have to be extremely narrow-minded, focused, and self-centered. And you have to give fucks about everything around except for the goal. And that's what allows you to be that successful if the metric is money.
1: You have to be cutthroat in many ways in terms of making decisions, cutting people off and stuff. I mean, I don't know if you have to be an arsehole about it, but maybe you do. There's no,
0: way. There's no how, how do you How do you have understanding if you're all about bottom lines and doubling, tripling percentages of increase? You have no room for error. You have no room for understanding. You have no room for stories. All you have is efficiency. Dude, I was reading about, um, and I forget his name. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, maybe not, man, because as cool as he, dude, it's, it's, it's honestly, so Joe Rogan, I'm sure you listen to Joe Rogan, right? Yeah, I listen to a
2: couple of his podcasts. Yeah.
0: Do you know Joe Rogan didn't realize that the income levels of people who got stimulus checks in America, he heard it on the podcast and he was like, wait, you can make $75,000 and get a check? Like he had no idea. So what does that tell me? His circle of influence as regular as he wants to appear, he has zero connection to anybody making under 75 grand a year. Or he has no fucking time to actually read about it, think about it, because he's so involved in what his fucking goals are that that doesn't even come across to him. So now that was huge in America. The fucking stimulus checks coming out three different times. Take that for someone running a corporation. How fucking laser focused are they to take something that's zero to the billions? (laughs) 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 Grains of sand on a beach, man. Like that's the number we're talking about. That, yeah. like, there, there's no way you're taking time to understand some line worker's issue as to why they're late to a soccer game and they can't start now. I'm not hearing that shit. Fuck you. Dead weight.
1: Yeah. You definitely have to be cutthroat about it in many ways. But, um,
2: well, uh things to think about
1: like, <laughs> it's a little bit
0: of a buzzkill
1: <laughs> you're never gonna you're never ever gonna get to their mindset unless you've got that mindset like you're born with that in many ways i don't think i think we're all, we are all born equal and I do think it comes down to a lot of hard work you do have naturally people are naturally gifted at different stuff like like not everyone can be Usain Bolt but i do believe there is potentially people faster than Usain Bolt but Usain Bolt worked to become the fastest man in the world. Right. i an example.
0: Yeah. LeBron James, same way, man. There there's a ton of six, eight dudes who are that big, but LeBron took it to the next level with science, with time, with discipline, with yeah. thought and planning yeah. to become that dominant.
1: I mean, how many, how many, how many, how many I don't know how many autobiographies and stuff you need but you read most people's autobiographies that were as a professional athlete. Most of them say I wasn't the most talented. Yeah. We're going to get
0: there, Tom Brady, man. So football, the real football, not your real football, but the real football, Tom Brady. I mean, he's it, it. It's an awesome meme if you look at his draft. Like, so you're into you're into fitness and you're taking like shirtless selfies and you're like, watch my transformation. Have you seen the Tom Brady draft pictures when he's shirtless in shorts? Dude, he's a fucking. Say again? He's got a dad bod. I it, mean, that for sure. Dude, it, it it it's it's the ultimate dad bod without kids. And you're like, dude, you just played fucking five years of football at Michigan. You don't even have a peck? Like you couldn't make your pecs bounce if you wanted to. <laughs> have you done a push up? And you're the fucking most <laughs> dominant guy because you added discipline to talent. Like that's yeah. to me, it's as simple as that right. for super success. What is it?
1: I don't know which Peyton, Peyton brother it was. Um, he lost the Super Bowl. One of them it was one of, one of them lost the Super Bowl. And um he played four minutes of the final. And he got something like 78 million for it or something. And I'm just thinking, what kind of sport or athlete only plays four minutes of a professional game and makes that much money? That's insane. But like he obviously worked very hard to get to where he had to be and he deserves the money, I guess in many ways, but like
0: that's market. I don't
1: know, very weird balance in that sort of stuff. Isn't it? Like
0: there is, it makes you, so I'm a teacher and it makes me evaluate all the time. The fact that my minimum hourly wage is contractually negotiated, like $32 an hour. And there's a bill to make minimum wage, which is, the bare minimum you can make for the lowest skilled job will now be half of what I make as a guy who's a fucking reading specialist and has a doctorate like that. I, I, it bothers me at my core. I don't know if it's a pride thing or I don't know if it's a wait. So we're all we're worried about is bringing the bottom up, but we're not rising everything up. It's not like, Hey, we're giving everyone who's an hourly worker, a, 30% 30% increase. Everyone's mm. value is going up. It's like, no, no, no. The people who are at the bare minimum and have the lowest skills, and I take it as the least ambition, because I really don't believe you stay at a minimum wage job if you have ambition. I don't think they're designed mm. for that. But then right. we're going to increase that value, but leave everyone else's the same, which to me decreases. Well,
1: this, my this thing is, so- about this the other day, everyone's like, "Yeah, they're going to raise the minimum wage to fifteen US or whatever it is." I'm like, "But that they need, like they're not going to get richer because what will happen is they've got to make that fifth that place to make the wage go up. So they're going to have to start charging more for food, they're going to, have yeah. to start charging more for water, electricity, it's whatever amazing. it is to pay that bill. So the, the, you're you're going to have this increase. So eventually, while this minimum wage has gone up for them." You and that next level are going to suffer because you've not had a pay increase, but everything has gone up for you guys.
0: you got to pay for shit, man. It's called inflation. It's a very basic yeah. economic concept. Yeah, yeah, man. I like it. I, I, I like the vibe. Dude, I've got, I'll regret if I don't ask. And we don't have to get into it if you don't want to. Um, I'm <laughs> super curious about the girlfriend. The one who ruins your life. Not ruins your life. The one who causes you to bloat to 250. Can you yeah. get into, do you want to get into that at all? Or is that asshole kind of a move to ask about some details about that relationship and how that affected you? Uh,
1: it's not like, I said, it's just hard to explain to someone like how it affected me because like it was so be being done. Like, it's really hard to understand how, like, explain how she just chipped away at my, like, like at my standards, my beliefs, my, um, happy-go-lucky life that I had at the point where before I met her, like, it's really hard to, like, pinpoint where it all, like, it it wasn't like there was a defining point. It was slowly, gradually, just like. So that's. Three millimeter difference. Like I said, it goes positive or negative. And yeah. she chipped so much in it that it eventually just went.
0: So spiritually speaking, if you want to go Bible, that's the Samson Delilah story where Samson, are you familiar with it? Old Testament? Is Samson
2: the guy with the long hair?
0: Yes. So do you know how he gets caught and winds up killing all those Philistines? She cut her hair, didn't She cut his hair. Yes. But do you know why she was able to cut his hair?
1: I fell asleep next to her is all I thought. <laughs> Fucking
0: chipping, 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 chipping. Dude, it was like weeks, months, or years of her getting on him about shit. And finally it broke him to the point where he was like, fuck it, man, cut my hair. Like there yeah. were like several raids into the home that she was supposed to have cut his hair. That didn't work out because he had the resolve to be like, no. <laughs> and it, she just fucking wore him down, man. And she yeah. wore him down to the point where he accepted the fate that she wanted to put on him. And it brought him to the place where it did in the Coliseum and he fucking becomes a slave. So yeah. I, I guess I'm saying that to say that like what you're saying seems to be somewhat of a historical story where a male feels worn down but you can't pinpoint a moment it's a slow gradual fade it's not a watershed tsunami
1: yeah it's it was a gradual sort of thing and because it was layered like it was like um
2: like 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 it was um
1: to say with kindness but it wasn't kindness and I, I, like I said it's so hard to like say put it across to like like I'm trying I, like I can't even think of like a pinpoint and it, that's what upsets me the most is like I can't pinpoint it to go back to fix it in many ways that's like right. it's like if you, if you knew like say so for example you have like a um, I'm looking at my wardrobe for example the wheel falls off I know what I've got to go and fix I've just got to go and fix the wheel because my I say wardrobe, I've got mirrors that go like this, yeah. like slide across. Um, so I know what the problem is, but like, if, if, if you don't see that there's like a little chip there, you're not going to go and be like, oh, why is this falling off? Because you can't see the chip. So but,
0: well, it's I like, guess uh, what I'm wondering, if I can start with this, because I'm interested like, in
1: the- Babe, you don't need to do that. No, that won't be a clever move.
2: Oh, yeah, No.
1: For that sort of thing if that makes sense but like yeah. for like things that you're really passionate about or things that and then eventually you don't even bring them up and then eventually you start doubting whether hang on am I worthy of this or am I smart enough to do that sort of stuff and things and
0: what let me ask and again anything I, I haven't said this in a while but guests always have the right to tell me to fuck off <laughs> if I get if I ask like a dickhead question but I'm curious because you had brought up the low vibe frequency what Um, was the initial attraction like what the night you got robbed you said you met her what drew you towards her um
1: well it was to to be honest with you like i only met her like hey what's up how are you duncan such such and they they left it wasn't like they added me on facebook like a couple of a month or two later so it's actually just going through a conversation through that so it's very much like I got to know her more online than I did anything else so I guess as well like you don't know someone really do you like but like when you first start to meet someone it is that there's like twilight period it's all fun it's games it's jokes it's it's back and forth banter type thing. So, like, that all happened online. So, you weren't, I wasn't really getting to know them as a person in like facial features, how they said it. What, what, when, you know, how you say something is huge, isn't it? We all know yeah. that. Like, with a message, I can send you a text message saying, hey, and you're like, whoa, that was blunt. Hey. <laughs> like, I'm saying, yeah. hey, like,
0: yeah, connotation. It's you
1: know, sort of thing, like, you take it in a way and you think it's all like, oh, like, so, like, you say, oh, yeah, no, she must. they must have said that in jest, or they must have said it like this. This is how you took it, because you're wanting to get to know someone. You always see someone in the best light when you first meet them normally, don't you? You're, you're you know, you're, Especially especially when you're courting each other. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, they can do the wrong.
0: Um, well, you make them ideal, right? Like, you get swept yeah. up in not who they are, but what you think they can be.
1: yeah. Or how you take it, like I said, you take it how you want to interpret it. Everything's on down to how you interpret it and the story you put to it. Yeah. But other people could have seen what she said to me and said, "No, she was being really supportive to you. Mm-hmm. Like she was protecting you. She then and stuff like that." But like looking back on it, I'm like, she that wasn't protecting. That was controlling and manipulating and and stuff like that. But someone else could look at it like. Uh, she was being protective of you because that wasn't a good idea like but
0: what were some of the ideas
1: i'm just saying ideas but like um you know aspirations
0: like goals
1: aspirations goals yeah that sort of stuff like you know like um oh um for example like yeah i'd love to move to canada one day for example oh no you know you've got this situation going on or that situation and or, um, hey, do you know, do you want to go and spend time with my family this weekend? Oh, you know, they're a bit like, mm, when it comes to me, I feel. Uh, I, didn't, I just Sorry, yeah, I uh, didn't realize that sort of thing. Gotcha.
0: And then the breaking point ultimately, that ended the relationship infidelity. Is that the proper way to say that the respectful <laughs> way? Yeah, she cheated on me. Let's just say that. Let's just say that.
1: Say how it is. She cheated on me. Um, so I actually went to England for six months. I got sick. Uh, I had walking pneumonia. Um, so I had to go. I went back. And then when I was there, they signed up to put me on a football coaching course so I could go, you know, advanced. And it happened to be six months. And then during that time, she cheated on me. So. Gotcha. Which I didn't realize. I didn't know she cheated on me until I got back. Fucked up the story of what happened there. But uh, I'll leave that for another day. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. I, um, so just, uh, I don't know it. I would assume it's definitely not going to be as fucked up, but my worst story about, Hey, the girl moved on, but I don't know she moved on. I was a sophomore in high school. So I'm 15 years old and I have this girlfriend <laughs> and it's like pretexting, whatever. And high school relationships, man, if you got like three, four weeks together, you might as well be married, you know, like it's fucking forever. <laughs> <laughs> so been going out with this girl for a couple, couple weeks, walk into school and I'm going to my locker and Hey man, sorry. Oh, yo, that's fucked up, man. I feel for you, dude. And like three, four different guys were coming to me, just giving me condolence. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? What are you talking about? Like what? They were like your girl, a- your girl, April. I'm like, what? Oh, damn. And then they realize like, I have no idea. So literally it's like that period where you get off the bus, you go get breakfast, you go to your locker, you're getting ready to go to homeroom. You got like 15, 20 minutes of free time. And I get bombarded with message, message, message from not, not like on the phone, but like verbally, these guys are talking to me in the hallway. I take a right to go to my class and she's fucking walking down the hall with this dude holding hands and just smiles at me. Now, I don't know if she did or not, but again, my truth in my head, she fucking mocked me and made me feel like shit. And the worst part was I wanted to fuck that dude up so bad, but he was like 190. And back then I was whatever, 5'9", 130. Like I had zero, I, I had zero anything to me. If I wanted to fight you... I'm not going to fight you. <laughs> Despite how bad I want to fight you, I'm not going to fight you. And that dude smirked at me like, fucking do something, bitch. <laughs> and like, I was just like, yeah, man, you got my girl. What the fuck? Like, I had no idea. We had spoken the night before on the telephone. I was expecting to get my morning hug. You know, like you get your little routine. You see them when they're going to class and shit like that. And yeah, it was the shittiest. Talk about like, ruining a day I was done for the week man I went to every class I fucking put my head down I'm like I'm sleeping through this day I am not dealing with this shit so all that to say like I couldn't (coughs) I couldn't imagine what it would put someone through in a more invested relationship and that's it's just fucking terrible man it's a terrible fucking feeling
2: (coughs) no explanation
0: she yeah no nah, dude it was it is. i nothing dude never spoke another word to me again wow I, so. <clears throat> I personally feel it was the way i kiss i just kiss with too much tongue i'm I'm a sloppy ass kisser <laughs> i admit it and i'm proud i'm i'm all in on the tongue and I feel we had we had some stupid ass – I can't remember the timeline because it was some long ago. But there was definitely – that's what – when I look back, I'm like, I had my chance and we went at it for a little bit and I didn't impress her. And she was like, maybe this bigger dude can. Who knows? Maybe this thicker individual has what it takes for me. But that skinny fucking Irishman, nope. And I was like, ah. <laughs>
1: Oh man,
0: that's brutal. The Um I mean
1: ah, uh, Yeah. It it's funny it, man because I I remember that. Mine's, mine's a funny story, like not like to like um so when I first moved here, there was this girl that used to come to the swimming pool my age and she I was seventeen, so she um she used to come with her friend and watch us all the time. She wouldn't say anything to me. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> and it clearly had the f- hots for her shouted, Duncan
2: she really likes you <laughs>
1: and ran off right <laughs> and uh, I remember going to like I mean this was coming up to summer so end of the school year so she was I mean she was 17 I was 17 she was coming to the end of the school year and it was prom or whatever time that time of the year Yeah. and i mean, at the supermarket and like, um, the supermarkets where we, used to, it's quite close to where we did the swimming pool. It's like a built up community of stuff and whatever. So she lives in that community. And I live just outside the community and I'm like, I'm ordering a sandwich from the supermarket. And they're like, um, it's like, like I said, one of those small communities where everyone knows everything sort of thing. And someone comes up and goes, oh, I heard you're taking Lauren to prom. I was like, what? So, yeah, i you're taking Lauren to prom. I was like, no, I've never spoken to that girl in my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe I said hi, sort of like, as you awkwardly walk past the swimming pool or something. <laughs> I was like, no. And then, anyway, next, next, another lady came up, literally within 10 minutes, I'm still like ordering my sandwich or whatever. And she's like, oh, I heard you're taking Lauren to prom. That's so nice. No, I'm fucking wrong. Well, I'm not taking this girl to prom. <laughs> Why is it <that? laughs> Anyway, maybe two days later I'm in the supermarket again and the mum comes up to me and goes by the way Laura would like to know if you'd like to go to prom with her so the mum asked me on her behalf to go to prom <laughs> and, I'm like, and I was like fuck it yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> like why not I mean I didn't really know anyone at the time I hadn't been here for very long that's I like, was a way to meet people you know say whatever so yeah I went to prom that night that was a uh, I was the only. I was the only white man at that prom, and she was the only white girl. She was. She was the only white girl in that year at school. Holy and I was the shit! Only. So everyone was. I didn't like. I literally at that point. I didn't have a smart suit. Nothing. I had to borrow my brother. I had to borrow a guy's pair of shoes. I borrowed my brother's trousers. I managed to find a shirt and a tie, and I walked in. I no 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 shoes fit me. I went up. I went up in a pair of F Air um F uh Nikes.
0: Air Force
1: Ones. No, it wasn't Air Force Ones. It was okay. night classics. Um, but yeah, pair of smart trousers, night classics, a, a white shirt and a pink tie, and then everyone was dressed to the nine, 3 three-piece suites and stuff. And I was late because I didn't get—I got told the wrong time, so I arrived late when everyone sat down having dinner. That was an interesting introduction to uh, to that. Everyone was, like stops eating, looks at me like, "What? Who the?" fuck is this guy <laughs>
0: oh shit so it was like one of those like all the kids who are going to prom are sitting in like some restaurant or sitting in the cafeteria eating there it was,
1: it was like a like a like a so there's this the prom here i guess so i don't know how normal proms work and i've never been to one other than this so it's like a like a uh dinner beforehand and then like i guess there's a dance after and whatever yeah. like, i don't know how very work But everyone was like, everyone was from that year with their boyfriends. It was an all girls school that she went to. Oh, so all yeah. the boyfriend stuff or whatever at the time were invited and things. So I'm like, literally the only. And everyone sat down already eating and I'm late and I'm like, uh. Yeah, right? Like, where's the one empty seat? Oh, that's mine. Excuse me. Excuse me. Next to the other white person. Excuse me. Come through Dude,
0: that's. Does it. What is it? I don't know. I don't know how to ask this question without being a dick. But again, it's just it seems so rare for maybe I'm conditioned by American media for a white person to feel in the minority. Does that resonate with you at all? Does it do anything to you or you just or more like. Eh. Yeah,
1: like, I mean, we are in the minority, but again, it's just like it is what it is. Like I, I I mean I'm in a country that's predominantly black, so I mean but like I said, I've never felt fearful for my life for racists in that sense. Like I mean I've had stuff shouted at me but it's never been like I like have never felt threatened by it. I've never felt like there would I, I feel like it comes more from it's their frustration and they happen to see me and it's like, Oh just shout white man, ha ah! at me or whatever, like or they, it's like they would say something because they want to be funny in front of their friends. More, it's more to like trying to impress their friends than it is to like, yeah,
0: like a public eagle type
1: shit. Yeah, like, like, you know, like I feel like it when they say it to me, it's just like, you know, how you used to take, you when we were kids and we used to take the Mickey out the kid with this, with the glasses, like, hey, look at you,
2: four eyes. Yeah,
1: yeah. And everyone we'll would like, H-. like, it just happened to be he had to happen to have the glasses. There was nothing particularly that we wanted to pick on him for than that, like. I just happened to be the white person walking past and one of them felt brave enough to shout something at me to make a giggle out of their friends. Like,
0: Yeah, and I I, I don't know. I, know. I know I've asked it a couple of times, but it just really is. And I, I'm i thinking about it and I think it's because the media is so into the narrative of black-white and I don't know, man. Maybe it's because I'm a teacher. Maybe it's because I'm a basketball coach.
1: I <laughs> mean, I, know, I, mean, I don't. I don't I don't watch newspapers. I don't read newspapers. I don't watch TV. Nothing. Um, I don't trust the newspapers. I don't trust the media. And it's all yeah, negative. There no positive. Well, it's
0: all capitalistic, because, man. They're just trying to sell shit.
1: Yeah, and they're trying to sell the narrative of fear. They're trying to sell the narrative of despair. They're trying to sell the narrative of um, there's no hope, and we should all hate each other. We should be fearful of each other. Yeah. Race mask, no mask, did you get the vaccine, didn't you get the vaccine. It's just to divide us. So I don't watch it, but, like, that's my view on the media. It's to divide and conquer, not (laughs) to bring together. Like, I mean, I used to go, when I did, like, I would never, like, I would always, if I go into, like, a uh, news agent or something, or a mini-mart, I don't know what you call them, uh, like a news agents, like one of those corner shops, like, with a couple of crisps, chip, potato packets and crisps and yeah, stuff. Yeah,
0: corner store um in a city it'd be like a bodega.
1: Yeah. And so you know and I would never go and I see the newspaper, but I always turn it to the back just to read the sports and because you know, that's where you'd only used to see things that were positive. Yes. Like, oh such and such did this courageous this courageous thing in sports or they did this amazing achievement, sorry. But now it's just like, oh um such and such has had an affair on his wife. Like, What's well, that's not sport. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't care awesome. about that celebrity yeah. affair. I want to know whether my team beat the other team or this guy managed to score 100 points in a game or whatever Like, yeah. it's, nothing's positive in newspaper or news anymore and I think if people turned off the media turned off social media, turned off news and turned off stop reading newspapers we'd probably be in a lot better place
0: yeah, yeah man and honestly it was one of those yeah. things the deeper we got into COVID and not to be like an idealistic or self-centered but it, it really has been one of the cooler things of this podcast is when else would we just sit around and shoot the shit for a couple hours and like I, I feel good talking to you like I feel better and I've met so many people where I'm like wow I can fucking message a guy in Hawaii and probably have a place to stay I could go to Toronto and have a place to stay I, I like I It's an amazing thing when you just get to actually talk to people one on one for a prolonged period of time. Like people seem pretty fucking pleasant towards each other. Like
3: if you actually get to just
0: speak to them, like you're you're like people like like. I I don't know why why it would be a dick move to invite you on a podcast and just be like a total asshole to you. But I feel like even if we just happened to be in a room or if it was just like, whatever us two on an Island, we'd get along and we'd figure out a way to be okay with each other, man. And it's, it's weird that the media tends to portray it as we have to be against each other based on whatever view masks, like you said, for instance, it's just, now, I don't think that's
1: human nature. Yeah, it's to make sure that we can't come together as a collective, conscious, person, people. I believe, like I said, like I believe we're all bound together at the very beginning of the podcast. We're bound together through this uh, by something. Um, what that is, I don't know. But like, I, we're not here to. I mean, there's been wars no matter what, but the wars that led all like through all of our history as humankind, there's been like tribes and whatever, but. Well, the tribes and the fights happen because of fear, not knowing what that other person was yeah. or miscommunication. Like, for example, um, I was watching a, a Drunk History. I don't know if you've ever watched that, where those guys get actually wasted and they just talk about history and they get funny people and then they reenact like scenes and stuff. And it's just drunk people. They get absolutely hammered. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. You learn about history. But like... Um, like these guys came and like these people. I don't know what island it was, but they came and the the indigenous people offered them stuff, and the white people just were like, "Oh, just keep giving it to us. Like we deserve this." <laughs> and it was like a miscommunication. It was like the miscommunication. They were just being friendly, saying "Welcome to our island." Yeah. blah, blah blah. But the, you know, they took advantage of it. They thought that's how it should be. They saw themselves as a higher power, and then obviously fights and stuff. But like, it's just fear that makes us. Like One of the things that makes us fight and stuff is fear or differences or not coming together and understanding. And I think one of the problems is now is no communication. Yeah, People aren't down, have a difference of opinion, which is perfectly fine to have a difference of opinion, but we're led to believe that's wrong. We're led to believe that having a difference of opinion makes you a bad person when it doesn't necessarily, we don't have to agree on anything. That's what makes us so awesome as humans. We don't have to agree on everything. We can have differences of opinions but we can still get along and
0: that'd be okay. Yeah. And I think the the social media aspect, the, just like you said with the, Hey, imagine that with, I got my vaccine today. I'm not yeah. going to wear a mask. Like the connotation that goes along with that can trigger so many people where if you have a conversation and you ask them, well, like, why are you getting the vaccine? Or why are you not wearing a mask or why? And you start hearing the whys and you take the time to actually understand it just deescalates and it makes, yeah. it brings it back to a humanistic of like, you don't want people, I don't think people innately want other people to suffer. Like I don't see other ants eating ants, right? Like gorillas will fight over territory, but that's typically for like mating. They just want to like yeah. have kids and get the best bitch, <laughs> but like yeah. they, th- it's not like innate in them to beat within their species and it seems like social media and the media, because they're making money on it, are, like, encouraging us to beat up on our own species. And it's weird. Yeah. Man. Like, sharks don't fucking eat other sharks.
1: It's, to, it's 100% to divide us to make sure that we don't – like, I don't know. We, like I said, we can talk about loads of different things for to hours of this, but, like, there's a reason why they've said social distance during this COVID. Yeah, dude, I've like, said just, that. Hang on. Yeah, but I don't, I don't believe it's the space. And honestly and truly, I reckon if you turned off social media and turned off the news for a week, would you honestly know that COVID had happened? I personally, and I know I could be, right could be speaking, for my, I don't know anyone that's passed from COVID. No one. Um, I don't Me know. Personally.
0: Yeah, I don't know anyone. Yeah. I, I know people. Who
1: have- I, when this all kicked off, people were dropping dead in the streets. I mean, to have constant updates that people are dying. Yeah. Yeah, if it was as bad as they say. It would show with my own eyes. Yeah, man.
0: No, man. Well, it's just like, and I'm well, sure. Walking
1: down the street, and a guy just dropped dead, and another guy dropped dead. I'm constantly being bombarded that people are getting sick.
2: Yeah, but people get sick. Like, it, it, you
1: could yeah, do the- <laughs> whatever,
0: but dude, you could do I the mean- same thing with prostate cancer. You could fucking have a prostate cancer <laughs> counter and look at body yeah. bags. But yeah, I, 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 I. I I thought of it much like when hurricanes come, and the Weather Channel feel like that's their moment. Have you ever seen those like forecasters that the the weathermen that just eat up ninety mile an hour winds and hail, and like that's their moment to shine. That's what COVID was for, whatever CNN, everybody, like that was their moment to shine.
1: Like dividing us like that, like keeping us apart is like another reason. Like why don't they want us to? to talk. There's a reason they don't want us communicating about something. I mean, that's going down conspiracy. Rabbit holes and yeah. all sorts, but, I
0: mean, Well, no, dude, you said it, like, why not say naturally, physical? Naturally.
1: If you think about any flu season, naturally, if someone had the flu, they stayed home anyway. Uh,
0: I don't know, man. So, like, in our school, kids fucking come sick all the time. It does not happen this but year.
1: I'm not, I'm not here, but what happens when you see someone sick? you go, ugh, and you stay away from them, right? You're not yeah. going to go in and give them a big hug and a big kiss. And like, oh, come here. Let me suck the smart you know. You're like, yeah. Yeah. like oh, stay over there, champ. Like, just keep your distance. Um, so, I mean, I don't know why. I don't know. I, I, I just... Ugh. The whole thing just is weird to me.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's it's a weird control and the fact that it shuts everything down freedoms get limited and pharmaceutical companies and billionaires make billions off of it just fucking make it not seem right
1: well that and like everything's essential <laughs> so he, like, everyone has to make a living so therefore every job's essential i i understand that there's in italian if you talk about essential as in someone can save a life someone can go into a like there's firemen, there's police officers, there's first responders. Yes, I understand that's essential. But so
0: someone has to provide for their families. Is essential in in a, in a world where we're not trading bananas and apples. We're trading money for apples. Yeah, you're trading money, man. Apples. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Nobody has a fucking garden full of ox and lettuce. That they're bartering in order to get electricity and heat
1: in their home. Yeah, yeah. Last time, I'm pretty sure if I went out to my electric company and "By the way, I've got some tomatoes. Can you keep my power running?"
0: <laughs> how many? What's your current, yeah. what's your current value on limes? How many? Yeah. How many stalks of corn what do that, you need? Two hours the Wi Fi? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Like if your Wi Fi maker was like a fucking juicer. And you just put oranges <laughs> in it, and you're like, "All right, got 20 more minutes." It'd be like quarters in a payphone.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah like and I think everything everything's essential, and like, so I mean, it's just odd that someone can decide whether my livelihood's more value less valuable than someone else's livelihood. Like, yeah. right?
0: no man, no doubt that that's been the huge <laughs> debate here, um, because it is. It just sends. It, it's amazing, like you said. Social distancing versus physical distancing. Why can't it be physical? Because physically, I need to be six feet apart from you. Versus socially, socially, I can still interact with you. So essential. Yeah, exactly. That word essential demeans people if they don't meet the criteria yeah. right away. You're separating. You're classifying yeah. and dividing again. Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like social distancing. I'm like I'm ne- I, from the moment they said that term. Uh, hated it yeah because I, that's hugely wrong with like the whole thing like why do we want why do you want us not to socialize like that's why i say i always like i don't want to go down the rabbit hole or anything like this but like there's a reason you don't want us to communicate like when you start talking to people about the injection about the uh, like why you're not going to take it. it. starts to make people, other people, think like, well, actually, yeah, no, I don't think I want that anymore. Like, but you've been constantly bombarded with take it, take it, take it, take. It. Well, why? And like, but because we're being kept apart, no one can have that interaction of why you shouldn't take it. Because, and also, they're, they're only pushing the narrative of take it, whereas you're not getting the narrative of why you shouldn't. And that's science, science has to have. A negative and a positive back and forth that's what's so different from about it from religion in many ways religion is very this is the way yeah that's it whereas science is this is the way but it could possibly be this way or it yeah. could possibly be this way to discuss it and find out so i always find it like, why do they want us to discuss this
0: yeah well it, it's funny right like religion the ultimate guarantee accept christ as your savior you will be saved Guaranteed. Science doesn't even fucking guarantee gravity. They call it a theory. They're not even like, yo, it's an absolute that this pen will drop, right? Or that your cell phone will crack when it hits the ground. They're like, that's not an absolute. That's a theory. It has not been disproven, but we are saying that it could be disproven, right? So religion goes with that hardcore standard where science at least gives themselves the out to always – update which is smart because you always want to analyze shit you always want to reflect on things you always want to like try to make it what's right shit changes man temperature changes climates change people change like shit changes
1: they're saying how like the other day i don't can't remember i don't know if this is true or not or anything like that but like i heard the other day that the atom is no longer considered the smallest thing in the universe
0: is it a proton
1: (laughs) Oh, there's something smaller now than an atom like this is, I can't remember if it was just something I saw on Instagram, I can't remember if it was passing me, like someone was talking about it, I can't remember but like, so I mean again, things change like like I said, I don't know if that's true I've not done the research or anything into it but like you know, and they're, they're saying like, um, what was it, because I mean you gotta look at it, like, if well if you look out into the outer space and NASA are always finding these things that they can't explain like, well, this thing's so, I mean, there's always things that we don't know. So, but anyway, back to what it is, like, where, there's a reason, like, i honestly, I think there's a reason they're saying socially distancing, and
0: keeping us apart. Yeah. But who knows if we don't know? No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Like, who knows if it'll ever come out? Like, that would have been interesting, though, because that phrase, social distancing, and uh, I'm not, I'm not an administrator, but I go to administrative meetings for my school, And I've been super interested in my position to hear how decision makers come up with policies and words fucking matter. And somebody floated that out there, social distancing and someone else seconded it. And then the, whoever the, whether it was a majority or whether it was a patriarch where it was like one fucker was in charge and said, yep, that's it. Somebody and a group of somebody said, That's the best way. And I'm so curious as to why, what what were the alternatives that got rejected? And why? Mm. If they ever did, because maybe they knew exactly what they wanted to say and did it. Oh God, you can't be one of those guys, Duncan. Don't be one of those guys. (laughs) Oh Lord, Duncan. I'm not saying I'm one of those guys, but
1: what I'm saying is, (laughs) is, I, I I don't think people question enough a lot of stuff. Yeah.
0: No, I'd agree with you, man. Like, it's just... Well, because it's easier to go with it, right? It's easier just to roll.
1: Which is part of the problems with media and stuff, isn't it? Like, again... No doubt.
0: All right. <laughs> so that's cyclical. Duncan, I cannot believe we have spent three hours.
1: Like, right? Yeah. I, 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 and <laughs> Hopefully people have this far from listening to us talk.
0: Dude, who, who knows, man? But I, I fucking love it. Like, I love long-form conversations. I love getting to know the way people think about things and their experiences. Don't turn off yet because here's the challenge, Duncan. Do you know how my podcasts end? No, you don't. Only three people have. So you're the 93rd guest. Kristen, Eric, and Jeej were the only three who made it this far To know what my ending segment is don't feel any pressure it'll be fine
2: it's (laughs) gonna
0: be a story so you're gonna tell a story okay Mm -hmm. can i get your best first for last we've saved the best first for last sponsored by abstinence waiting makes it worthwhile
1: the best for first for last what do you mean
0: Oh, everyone says that. It's amazing how everyone repeats it. So (laughs) I feel it's super fucking clever. And I don't know if maybe people get nervous because I build it up. So when you get to know someone, one of the cool things about getting to know someone is their first time they experience something. And since we're at the end of the podcast, it's the last thing people will get to know about you. So what I'm looking for is a best first experience for the last thing people will get to know about you.
1: What was the first thing they ever did?
0: Any, in any topic. One of your cooler <laughs> first experiences that will be the last thing on the podcast. Whew. Um, I know, uh, man. It's a psychological uh, s- test.
2: Uh, uh, best thing.
0: i feel the pressure
1: i'm just trying to think of what is my first best ever thing I'm like, i want to go all out with this um and i know i'm just gonna come up with something <laughs> late now
0: <laughs> dude first experiences are never lame honestly like I feel it's been super interesting to see where people go in their minds with this. And I I always try to fill in the time to give people time to think like you're doing, but I don't want to like influence their thought process to get them to a specific point in their life. Because everyone has yeah, so I, many I firsts.
1: What, I tell you what, oh, I'm gonna, I don't know why I'm saying this. This is really weird. I remember it's the first time I was nine or ten and i don't know why i'm telling this story but it's the first time i saw a pair of boobies like <laughs> no like like and i was like, oh. and I remember i was on a, i was on a french exchange and it was the mom's friend and they were lying topless and she was amazingly good looking and i remember like lying down on, the, on the, i was trying to pretend not to look and I ended up, the reason I remember this, I'll tell you why I remember this. So my head was down, like, I was lying on, I was like, they were like 10, 10 meters away, and I was like, um, on a, what's, the, what's those things? That you, deck chair? that yeah. chair? Like a the sun chair. You
0: know, Tanning chair, sun, sun chair. chair. Yeah. So
1: I was like, head down, I was like, head down in the sun chair, like, <laughs> up across, and I was cre- peeping underneath my elbow to see them. Anyway, I ended up falling asleep. I ended up do falling asleep. I got so badly sunburned on my back. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, like, I literally like my Sunday. They, 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 I was asleep for like four hours, and it was only like ten minutes before I woke up. They decided to put the freaking umbrella over me. Had no sun cream on, nothing. My back was so red, so raw. I was lucky it didn't turn purple. Sunburn like it was that bad i lucky I don't have skin cancer, I think, actually, in all honesty. But, yeah,
0: so that was my first ever. First <laughs> but, so, dude, I got to ask, like, your mom's friend, is that like a...
1: Cult? No, 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 no I, was, I was in France. This was a French exchange.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said your mom's no, friend you was hot
1: as hell. I That's was like, wow. That would be weird. I would definitely not <laughs> <love laughs> do that story. <laughs>
0: All right. I'll blame that on the internet connection.
1: (laughs) It was a a French woman.
0: Got you. So it was just a cultural thing, like one of those like stereotypical, hey, man, we got to go to the nude beach kind of a thing.
1: It was was, was their their house. The lady that I was staying with her, there's a friend's house, I think like the south of France or something. I can't remember exactly where I was. Wow. Really nice by the swimming pool and stuff. It was really nice really nice house Um, but yeah that was my first time I can remember seeing a pair of boobies (laughs) sorry to all the female listeners uh, thinking like uh, I was 10 give me a break.
0: Yeah, no dude if you hear um, some of the guys that come on the pod and their best firsts um, way more graphic and way more past first base Um (laughs) 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 <laughs> way more detailed my man um, I, 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 I
1: thought that would be so typical to say one of those like that's kind of story so i didn't i didn't go with that yeah that one's, that one's a weird one so i'm definitely not doing that one no that might be for that might be for like the third or fourth chat we get to got you
0: right 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 yeah i um i didn't i always I mean, wonder how because one dude went into like how he lost his virginity in the parking lot with a stripper that he bought. So I don't know if she was technically a prostitute or if she like wanted him because he got a fake ID and like the dude told the story for Antonio from Colorado. He's a fucking cowboy man out in Colorado. And I'm like, no wonder you're a fucking cowboy man. Like you just, (laughs) you got that aura about you (laughs) where that kind of shit could happen. So no, I'll um, never. It's I always love where people's mind goes because it's interesting. It's interesting when you think about what's a really cool first experience you've had, and uh, clearly, I was, to
1: think, I, I was honestly trying to think of something more innocent than boobies and first base and, and all that stuff. But I just thought, yeah, that that'll do. <laughs> dude, I mean, Hey
0: man, dude, we're meant to we're meant to reproduce. Right? <laughs> like that's part of what yeah. our species does. We are meant to be sexually attracted and keep it going. Yeah. No shame. Yeah. Duncan, is, man, but... fucking three hours flew by, man. I so appreciate you coming on. So appreciate you letting people get to know you. And um, so appreciate you just sharing stories, man. I really um, thank you for taking the time. It was awesome. Yeah, it was
2: fun. Enjoyed it.
0: All right, man. Well, enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy your island life. And um, people will wait. I, I guess we should be like to end it if anyone makes it this far. We can put stuff in the description as well. But is there anything you want to like specifically plug? People should check out. People should see or nah. Yeah, if someone wants to just get to know me, have a chat. Uh, they can add me
1: on Instagram. Duncan Swatten, D-U-N-C-A-N-S-W-A-T-T-O-N. Uh, If they want to get their health and fitness on track, um, sure. They want me on their podcast, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just open. I'm an open book. Come chat to me. If you want to chat to me, come follow my journey. I mean, it'd be interesting to, like I said, I took this on because I wanted to experience this. I took this on because I wanted to meet other people too and just learn about different things. And I think that's just great learning from different people.
0: Yeah, man. I agree. Awesome. We will put the Instagram, um, your Instagram in the description. And that's funny, man. We both kind of have the same vibe, just learning from people. Love it. Donkey man. So glad I ran into you on social media. So glad that we happened to follow the same guy, Jocko Willick, and um, get inspired by him.
1: Yeah, but he's <laughs> badass. Dude, he's
0: fucking next level. He's, he's one of those men that make you think you just don't do enough with your
1: life nothing he, i don't know when he sleeps he's one of those people like does he just like freeze for 30 minutes and come out on the other side of the cryo chamber like but he's like four o'clock time to go to work it's four o'clock in the morning but it's not time to go to work no doubt. For another
0: hour. and he's already uh, fucking sweating dude he like he's already burned 300 calories and fucking whatever benched lifted clinged i mean he's he's
1: sick pull-ups sit-ups all those things hey, he's he's a machine no doubt like always it's those kind of people take like him david goggins like they don't just they just don't seem to stop they just seem like they just seem to go and go and go like where does that drive come from where does that like all of that sort of stuff like anyway we've been chatting three hours people are like i thought you said you're gonna stop
0: (laughs) (laughs) then this will be the official end we'll do it one more time donkey man thank you so much for coming on so appreciate it and um enjoy your journey, man. I look forward to following you. I look forward to kind of like being a part of your little journey now. It's always fun. Thanks,
1: man. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you for your time.
1: I look to listening to all your podcasts and episode number 94 and see what their little first time was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely check it out. All right, man. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Huge thanks to Duncan for coming on the Getting to Know You pod. Listeners, give his Instagram a quick perusal, a check, not a cheeky, a check, for all sorts of motivational and feel-good stuff. The dude is doing some great things in the Caribbean, and any kind of support you can give him would be much appreciated. Thanks to Andre of Andre.psyche on Instagram for sponsoring the Getting to Know You pod. Check Andre out on Instagram. For the follow, you're not going to find anywhere else. And if you have not already, speaking of follows, please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. The word of the pod is cheeky. Cheeky is the word of the pod. I fucking love that Duncan used it. Post that word on any of our social media or tag the Getting to Know You pod when you use it on yours to get a shout out on our very next podcast. Don't forget. Subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. You can go to our Patreon and support the Getting to Know You pod for as little as $2 a month if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests. And finally, speaking of people, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. How do you do it? Just send us a message or email. I don't know if I want to give out the email address. At the same time, it's three twelve, three 3 hours, 12 minutes. Is anybody going to get here? It's gettingtoknowyoupod at gmail.com. Shh, don't tell anybody. See ya.